I know payday is Monday, but every place else is Friday or Saturday. And they're broke on Monday, boozing, whoring, pissing away their money all weekend. This way you're paid on a Monday, you got money all week. You can save a little, build the future. the future. No, Tony, you can't the future. The future f***s you. It catches up with you and it f***s you if you ain't planned for it. Tonight is future and I am planning for it. And it's me you need to show How deep is your love Friday night, head on down to 2001 Space Odyssey in Brooklyn, Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Because it's Friday night, Friday night. No, Tony, the future F's you. If you don't plan for it, the future F's you. Now, that's a... That's a great scene. It's an iconic scene from Saturday Night Fever many, many years ago. But it plays into what's going on today, too, believe it or not. If you don't plan, the future Fs you. And here we are. Thank you, John Travolta. Here we are, Memorial Day weekend. Here we are. We find out yesterday the New York City beaches are open. But you can't go swimming. There are no lifeguards. Nobody planned for this. They literally said it was okay to go to the beach the very last second. So in this case... Just put Bill de Blasio right there in John Travolta's stead and have somebody tell him, hey, Bill, when you don't plan correctly, the future Fs you. Because the future is here. The future is now. And even though the beaches are open in New York, get ready for one of the most chaotic scenes maybe in the history of New York when people start to just bombard these beaches, jump in the water. I did an Instagram video this morning, for example. You can see it on my Instagram account, on my Facebook account. And I said, I'm going to Coney Island. I'm going to Brooklyn. That's my, my borough. And I'm going in the water. And uh, Governor Cuomo and Mayor de Blasio, get me out of the water. Get, good luck. Send a couple of cops, well-dressed cops, into the water to come get me out. I'm going into the ocean at Coney Island. What the F are you going to do about it? Nothing. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If they stop you from coming out, that would be uh, that would that would be one way to prevent other people from going in because it's going to be freezing. It is going to be very cold. It's going to be yeah. it's going to be frigid. But my son Gabriel, I mean, I mean the water. Itself. No, I know the water. Yeah, but my son Gabriel went in the water at Breezy Point last weekend, and he was able to swim. So if Gabe can yeah, do no, it, Daddy right. has to do Listen, it too. Kids, kids are uh, resilient like that. They're you know they're good like but 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 for adults. I got to jump uh, get in. Get ready to look for your uh, package. <laughs> I know. It's gone anyway. But I got to jump in just for the, I don't know, it's kind of a symbolism thing. Plus, I like to get very, very tan. And the salt from the salt water of the ocean combined with the sun and the sweat, yeah, yeah. that's how you get my golden hey, look, tan. And, and by the way, it's, it's Memorial Day weekend. And absolutely, you're right about the, the uh, slob, the, the, the lazy-ass slob we have in, in uh, Gracie Mansion City Hall. For him not to, the only, the only place, the only location in the tri-state area that did not open their beaches was this guy because he just, <laughs> he just didn't think about it. I mean, it just occurred to him, I think, on Monday that it's Memorial Day weekend coming up, uh, you know, Friday. Right. And you got a bunch of beaches on Long Island, Bernie. Of course, a couple in the Hamptons. But on top of that, Sailor's Haven in Fire Island. Uh, out by you, you got Long Beach Beach. You got Jones Beach. You got Point Lookout in uh, Hempstead. You got Robert Moses in Babylon. You got Smith Point Country Park in Lee Zeldin's uh, territory, Shirley, Long Island. So it's like eight or nine beaches uh, by you, not by you, but on Long Island that uh, will open this weekend. And uh, many people will Damn drown. Right. Many people will drown. Many people. Will drown? Yes. And on Long There's Island? There's no lifeguards. 
There's no lifeguards at Coney Island in Brooklyn. Oh, There's no oh, lifeguards no, no, no. in New Jersey. In Nowhere. New, is, uh, New Jersey has no lifeguards? No, I think they do, actually. Yeah, no, I but think New it, York it, does it. It's New York. New York City alone. Bill de Blasio has not <laughs> hired and trained lifeguards. Wait, do you have lifeguards on Long Island, then? I'm sure. Yes, we do. Oh, you do? Oh, oh they, they wouldn't open the beaches without them. You can't. What do you mean? They're opening Coney Island without it? No, no. Well, Coney Island, you can go up into your ankles, they're saying. Oh, to your ankles? Into your an- you cannot swim in the water. Uh, <laughs> uh, de Blasio has said that he will actually have people go in and drag you out of the water. He's, that's what he has said. And good luck getting a cop to do that, schmuck, uh, and listening to that stupid order. But, no, you, you cannot swim in the beaches in New York City, except, as you know, Reese Park, because it's a federal beach. Right, Trump owns that beach. You're right. You can go in uh, on Long Island. You can swim at your own risk. But uh, whether it's Coney Island in Brooklyn, Fort Tilden, Reese Beach in Queens. It says Reese Beach in Queens, open for limited recreational access with no lifeguards on duty and no swimming. So for some reason, this New York Post column today, even though it's a federal beach, has Reese Beach along with Fort Tilden in Queens. You can't swim. Well, I, I also thought that was a federal beach, not a city beach. They've got Rockaway Beach, uh, no swimming. Orchard Park, uh, Orchard Beach in the Bronx, no swimming. Well, just look at Long Beach. Yeah. It's, it's open for business. You, you can go in, and they're going to have lifeguards. I guarantee it. They trained them. They're, they're ready to go. The boardwalk opened up yesterday. And it is only for town. By the way, the boardwalk is for town residents. I realize that I live next door. I'm not even sure I can get on the damn boardwalk. You, you may not be able to, right? Uh, well, I mean, I, I can circumvent it. I can get on the beach by me, walk down right, a, a half right. a mile, and then walk up onto the boardwalk if I want. But if I want to ride my bike up into the boardwalk, I don't even know if I can get I live next door to Long Beach, actually, not right on it. But either way. I'm glad they're open. It's great to see them. I'll get on the damn boardwalk. Asbury Park in uh, New Jersey, Seaside Park in New Jersey, Sandy Hook in New Jersey. They are open, and you can swim, but you must social distance. And uh, Indian Wells Beach in Amagansett and Nick's Beach in Montauk are open with lifeguards on duty. I will say this. uh, um, Como, I think, did say yesterday that you must wear a mask if, in fact, you can't social distance. you got to wear a mask if, if, if it's impossible based on the number of people, even though the beaches will only be open to 50% capacity. You must wear a mask. You must wear a mask on the beach? If, if you can't social distance, oh, yes. Okay. yes. But, I mean, what do you mean, okay? Well, well, I, I don't care if there's somebody standing right next to me. I'm not wearing a mask on the beach. I don't, give, I don't give you a sitting a foot from me uh, on your blanket laying there getting sun. No way. I'm not wearing a mask on the beach. This is ridiculous. Nor would I. Not a chance. Not a chance in hell. Well, you said you have to. Oh, yeah? Well, if, if, if there's too many people and you can't social distance, you even have to wear well, a mask you know, on the beach. Uh, let's, uh, good luck enforcing that, uh, Il Duce. Good luck. <laughs> good luck. Who the hell do these people think they are, anyway? I mean, that's not based on science. No. It is ridiculous. It's, it's tyrannical. It's unconstitutional. Screw you. It's, it's not going to happen either. People are not going to fo- abide by it. And they, they're not going to be able to do anything about it. I'd like to see them try shutting down the beach. I only wish it was going to be 90 degrees and sunny and hot this weekend. It's not going to be. But, no. So you won't have the, the hordes that... Uh, oh, I think you will. I think the symbolism of Memorial Day, it's still going to be sunny and in the 70s. So instead of folks walking around in bikinis, they'll wear sweatshirts, maybe even sweatpants. But there's nothing else to do. You can't go to a restaurant. You can't go anywhere else. I think you're going to see hordes of people I hope so. at these beaches. But, I really but, do. But, but, but let me just say this. Uh, sunny in the 70s in New York City, but sunny in the 60s out by the ocean. 
No, trust, I know. Trust, it's, it's cooler. It's cooler. But sunny and uh, 62 is still very nice if you're wearing a sweatshirt and sweatpants. Yeah, yeah. And you want to be you're out right. and get some sun Absolutely. with the kids. I Listen. mean, there's nothing else to do. That's my point, Brent. You can't go to the movies. No. You can't go to a baseball game. So with nothing else to do on a long weekend and there will be sunshine, you go to the beach, even if it's cool. I would hope people now, would. And let's see uh, what they do with cars. If they allow, I mean, so the parking lots will get so full and then they'll turn people away. That's going to be horrible. Are they going to jump on subways and, uh, you know, crowd into subways? I think so. I do. I mean, I got to tell you, the subways, and I'm still taking it again this morning, they're much more crowded this week, much more than they were two or three weeks ago. It's not even close. I don't know where these people are going, but they are much more crowded. And there's a lot more traffic, as you experience coming in uh, every night. Uh, people are just, yeah, they're going, I, I don't know what they're doing, but they're going out. Oh, I see. I, especially when I'm going home, is, that's when I see the traffic. Coming in at uh, 2 o'clock in the morning. No, no, that's, that's so month. quiet, yeah. Well, it's funny that these guys are still trying to make us believe that the danger is still there, and we have to worry about the second wave, and they're still holding us. Really, the gun to our heads here in New York City can't even talk about phase one, which is nothing. Manufacturing, construction, nothing. Can't even talk about that until June the 13th, which means the stuff that we really want to do, restaurants and bars and gyms and all that type of stuff, that's phase three. That could be six weeks away. And they're waiting. uh, uh, Testing, uh, they got. They got the testing. They got the testing. Now it's uh, contact tracing. Right. Which is a totally, completely ridiculous invasion of privacy, privacy, uh, an abuse of the uh, the Fourth Amendment, I believe. And either way, it's, and it's impractical. It's impossible to enforce. They have to hire a bunch of people. In other words, you're going to have a federal government or, or the state government, I don't know who's paying these people, are going to hire contact tracers at, uh, what, $20 an hour? Yes. And they're going to follow you around. They're going to give you an app on your phone. Yeah. They give you an app, and, and you're supposed to, uh, you know, you're supposed to uh, abide by all this crap. You know, this, this this invasion of privacy? I don't think so. I don't think so either. But again, it just goes to show you something we've been pointing out from day one for you folks out there that love the job that Governor Andrew Cuomo is doing, extolling his virtues, bowing at the idol of Andrew Cuomo. Uh, here he's talking about the tracing and the testing and, you know, it's still dangerous. And then in the very next sentence, he'll say something like this. And Meany, this is Andrew Cuomo for the overall trajectory of this situation, March 20th to May 20th, been a period of time that will go down in history, a, a lot of pain, unique period, but uh, we got through it. We got through it. We got over the mountain, literally and figuratively. So we got through it. We, we got s- over we the s- mountain. It sounds like it's done, right? It's done. It, and it has been. It has been. <laughs> and welcome to, to reality there, stupid. It's been that way. It's been we've the, the hospitalizations uh, that that crisis that when when the ship sailed that that argument sailed and of course the deaths all that stuff all everything down 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 flatten the curve the curve's gone the other way uh, Rich Lowry has a piece this morning look we're way past it uh, and it's it, it's okay to cheer about it it's okay to cheer about it yeah I'm I'm, I'm a little uh, told you this a couple of weeks ago I already got tired of cheering at 7 o'clock at night. And I hate saying this because I love the doctors and the nurses and the first responders. God bless them. They're heroes. They know we feel that way. But I'm tired of that. I, I want to start cheering at 7 o'clock at night for, uh, for my Serafina restaurant down the corner. Yes. From New York sports clubs when they open up. Damn snappy. <laughs> That's what we should be cheering about.
about these days. Not, uh, right. not enough with the virus. This is, this is absolutely way overextended. Oh, it was supposed on. to be a month or whatever. It's it's way too long. And every hour is precious. Every day is That's precious. Yeah. Businesses can't they, they can't afford to pay rent. They maybe had some money for one month, maybe not two or three months. No, they, 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 they're hanging on by a thread. If they're hanging on at all. So we got a nice yeah. uh, guest list today. Two guests stopping by. Another version of WABC Cares in the 9 o'clock hour. Former New York Met and New York Yankee great Dwight Gooden. Doc is going to stop by today. Talk about his frustration with baseball, their inability uh, to get back. Plus, he's an addict like me. And uh, what does isolation mean for folks like us who are forced to stay home all the time? Uh, Lori Laughlin. She's going to prison, and you thought they didn't run the Kentucky Derby, didn't you? Oh, ho, 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 ho. well, I got news for you. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Already the best 20 minutes on New York Radio all day, and we're still coming back. More of Bernie and Sid on this Getaway Friday right after this. We're going to end the cash bail system once and for all. Back here on the Bernie and Sid show, everywhere in the 77 WABC app. On this uh, Friday, the first day, really, of Memorial Day weekend. Today is that day. Today's going to be a beautiful day, by the way, folks. Beautiful, gorgeous, warm until it starts raining at about 6 o'clock tonight. But in the meantime, hang in here. Now, the president yesterday went to Michigan. He toured a plant where they were making ventilators, ventilators. What Four. am I going to do? I need 40,000 ventilators. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Okay, so uh, the Ford facility was making these ventilators. He went there. It happened to be in Michigan where the tyrant, uh, that this uh, dingbat, who may become the, the next vice presidential uh, running mate, may become the next president of the United States if she does become his running mate, Biden's, and, and, he, and Biden wins. Either way, he went there and... Uh, <clears throat> Are you talking oh, about oh, Gretchen Whitmer? Gretchen Whitmer, yes. Okay, because I know that he's vetting Amy Klobuchar. He's vetting them all. He, and yeah. Whit- Whitmer was on Good Morning America two days talking about that exact vetting process. I don't think she's going to get it, but, right. uh, but if she does... I mean, it's, it's, it's conceivable. It's, I don't know if it's probable, but it's conceivable. She could be the next president of the United States, oh and she's a complete and total dope, an airhead, a tyrant. And, oh, by the way, the uh, 77-year-old barber who they shut down, not only did they shut him down after he opened in defiance of uh, Michigan state orders, they took away his license, took away his license to cut hair. Well, yesterday, late last night, uh, a, a, a court in Michigan said that he could reopen. So he's reopening today, legally. He's going to cut hair today legally. I saw him uh, on Fox this morning, and he was fantastic. This old guy's got, he's got balls is what he's got. So screw you, uh, Gretchen Whitmer. But either way, Trump was there, and he wore a mask. He didn't, he didn't wear a mask. And uh, he got into a spat with the, uh, with the attorney general there. I'll tell you about that in a moment. But listen to Cuomo first on wearing masks. Logic would have suggested that first responders would have had the highest infection rate, right? Just common sense. The first responders, the frontline workers, wind up having a lower infection rate than the general population in that area. How can that possibly be? I'll tell you how. Because the PPE works. Those masks work. What am I going to do with 400 ventilators? Because they took hydroxychloroquine the first the doctors were, were taking hydroxychloroquine remember the doctor that we we played and he said this is worse than 9 11 
He was taking hydroxychloroquine. That's what they're doing. That's what these doctors well, a, are doing. A bunch did. Not all of them did. But also, <laughs> I keep saying this, most of the first responders are in shape like you and I. They're in really good shape. They took very good care of themselves. You don't see too many 350-pound first responders running up and down the street. And again, outside of your stupid anecdotal coach in New Jersey, I don't see a lot of people in good shape, young people in good shape, getting very sick and or dying from this. So when you combine the fact they are taking that medication, some of them, and the fact that they are in shape, of course they're not going to get the virus, or they're not going to get sick. Right. They'll if, be asymptomatic. If, if they get it, yeah, it won't be so bad. Right. It won't be so bad at all. But, but they, are, they were taking, and they still are taking that uh, hydroxychloroquine, which they can, only, they can only get for themselves. A doctor can't prescribe it for a patient outside of a hospital. And that's because of Governor Cuomo. But uh, it's, uh, the stupid does, doesn't realize anything. He's, he's just, uh, and by the way, he's yucking it up on TV. We'll get to that in a minute. But Trump yesterday, the Ford facility doesn't wear a mask. And now the uh, state's attorney general is leaning on the Ford company. He writes about the state attorney general, the wacky do-nothing attorney general of Michigan, Dana Nessel, is viciously threatening Ford Motor Company for the fact that I inspected a ventilator plant without a mask. Not their fault, and I did put on a mask. No wonder many auto companies have left Michigan until I came along. And this was him after he toured the facility wearing the mask. The reporter asked him about it. Listen to Trump. Well, I did wear, I had one on before. I wore one in this back area, but I didn't want to give the press the pleasure of seeing it. But no, where I had it in the back area, I did put a mask on. <laughs> you got to love that. I want to give you guys the pleasure of taking a picture of me and splashing it all over the place. He did wear it. And uh, speaking of which, uh, I, I alluded to, uh, the, the, you know, yesterday, Governor Cuomo going on with Fredo and the two of these guys yucking it up while a lot of people are in pain because of him, because he ordered nursing homes to take COVID-infected patients. It's the biggest scandal, uh, really, of the whole pandemic is this uh, nursing home scandal. And, and, and so many have died. So many are in pain. And he's laughing it up with Fredo on CNN like that. So Janice Dean, who you know, Sydney very well. Very well. Janice Dean's uh, in-laws, the two of them, two in-laws, her husband put them in nursing homes about six months ago. Six months ago. And he wrestled with that. Well, they both died. Both died. Both died from yeah. uh, from coronavirus. She has been as bad, as, as tough as you and I have been. And we've been very tough on Cuomo, deservedly so, for about two months. The last couple of days on Twitter, she has opened a can of whoop-ass on this governor that it's worth going to Janice Dean's Twitter account just to read some of these. And, and, and just after, in the wake of this uh, laughing and yucking it up, in the wake of all these deaths and this destruction, and, and by the way, while the state is dying, and this guy's sitting there with a tan in front of a camera. Anyway, this is what she said about uh, Cuomo, you know, the comedy routine with Fredo. The fact that I am seeing last night him on another channel making fun, inappropriate jokes, insensitive jokes, cruel jokes. Make no mistake, I'm really glad that Chris Cuomo has recovered from COVID because he apparently did have it. And I'm glad that their family is well, but my family is not well. And that's not something to joke about. No, it's not. Not not, not at all. Uh, And it's just, uh, she's just one. I mean, we're, we're talking about... I don't know how many thousand. I don't know Six. what the exact size. Six thousand yes. in, in this state, yeah, and uh, many in, in other states. Murphy was no better. He did the same thing after Cuomo did. But uh, yeah, it really is. Uh, it's not. It's not. A, it's not a laughing matter. It really isn't. And uh, these guys are oblivious to it. And the media lets them get away with it. But uh, we won't hear. No, not here. 
No, we're going to hammer him. And Janice Dean, too. Excellent job by Janice. If you don't know who she is, you can check her out on Fox News. She's, I guess, their top weather person. She's on Fox and Friends almost every morning. Is there a top weather person at Fox News? <laughs> I guess she's the most recognizable. <laughs> she used to work with Bernie and I on the Imus in the Morning Show hey, listen, in the early 2000s. Let me tell you so. I hired her. Yes, you did. I hired That's her right. for the Imus Show. That's right. And, of course, she left every day uh, crying. crying. Every day. I actually, you, you did hire her, but I got, uh, Lou Rafino and I got very, very close with her. In fact, we actually did a, uh, a makeover together for Joseph Abood. That's right. At Mohegan so much. They that. aired on the TLC channel. Remember yeah, that? I remember And that. I went blonde. Yeah. I had a little bit of hair back then. That's right. That was, that was fun. Good times. <laughs> that was fun. So uh, good for uh, Janice Dean. And uh, really, all Janice Dean has done here, she, it's more personal for her. She's lost her in-laws. But all she's done is do what the New York Post did yesterday. And everybody else has done the last couple of weeks. That is, jump on the Bernie and Sid train. And, it's and nice by, to have you. And by the way, humanize these, these victims. They're yes. not just numbers. They're actual people. Good you point. Know? Like that guy, her father-in-law was a fireman yes. and an Air Force veteran. Good point. Yeah. This one will get me going, man. Folks at the underground in New York City or Bedrocks or Xenon or the Palladium, you name it. This one, Mandalay, always got me so fired up, along with the 19 shots, of course, and the vial in my pocket. But uh, this one, that, this song specifically got me going. It's a Disco Friday, Memorial Day weekend on the Bernie and Sid Show. Going to bring back the old classics as we get set to invade the Hamptons and Fire Island, the Jersey Shore, upstate New York, wherever you're going. It's, uh, it's going to be a very nice weekend. Not tomorrow, but today should be nice until the evening, Sunday and Monday. Very, very nice. So go out there, grab that vitamin D, and enjoy yourselves. Former Met and Yankee great Dwight Gooden going to stop by in the 8 o'clock hour. He's very frustrated by baseball's inability to come to an agreement and get back on the field. Another segment of WABC Cares coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. We're talking about Dwight Goodenburn. We're talking a lot these days about the return of sports. Everybody wants it. It's a big theme. President Trump has asked for it. Mayor Rudy Giuliani has asked for it. You have as well, as well as me. And we've seen some MMA, golf, NASCAR, but the four majors is what people really, really want to see, uh, including baseball and football. But even though horse racing is not one of the majors, we do know that the Triple Crown, those are huge events. Hundreds of thousands of people show up at the Kentucky Derby in Louisville, at Pimlico in, excuse me, at the Preakness, at Pimlico, and of course here in New York at the Belmont. Well, they actually moved the Kentucky Derby to September and the Belmont to later in June. Well, we thought that at least. We thought the Kentucky Derby was being moved to September. Little did we know they actually ran it. Did you know that? No, I did not. You didn't know that, did you? Nope. You want to hear what it sounded like? Um, yes, I do. Yes, you Very do. much so. Okay. Take a listen, folks. Kentucky Derby 2020. And they're off. Out of the gate, it's coronavirus, followed closely behind by Wuhan-style lockdown. On the outside, it's global pandemic, working hard against flatten the curve. Social distancing got off to a slow start, but he's now neck and neck with flatten the curve. On the inside, it's just a little flu, followed by trusty experts. As they pass the quarter pole, 18 months vaccine is working hard to get past Plaquenil. Dr. Fauci is three lengths back of the leaders. Stimulus plan is trying to squeeze by PPE as they enter the backstretch. But out on the outside, here comes economic shutdown. Open by Easter, gets bumped a little bit by Dr. Fauci. Flatten the curve and economic shutdown are battling it out as they head past the half-mile pole. 
distance learning stumbled out of the gate, and it looks like he won't be able to get back into it. Not his day-to-day, -day, folks. They are moving at a brisk pace and all clustered together, except for my bank account, which is way back of the pack. He might be injured. They might have to pull him up. Toilet paper is nowhere to be seen. He's lost in the pack. As they head into the far turn, it's social distancing still in the lead, but daily briefing is lurking one and a half lengths back. It's a tremendous race, folks. I've never seen anything like it. And now, Cure Worse Than the Disease is starting to make his move. As they enter the top of the stretch, cabin fever is charging hard, but social distancing is holding him off. Economic shutdown is still looking strong, and he's nose-to-nose -nose with Cure Worse Than the Disease. And on the inside, here comes Dr. Fauci, and down the stretch they come. It's social distancing and economic shutdown now, neck and neck. I don't believe it. Dr. Fauci is trying to keep pace and with one furlong to go. It's economic shutdown, social distancing, and Dr. Fauci, and as they come to the wire, it's... Oh, my God, it's no one knows by a head. Oh, it's an incredible race, folks. 11-7-12 trifecta pace, 117-39. Oh, there you have Woo! it. Uh, that is nothing short of brilliant. Oh, was that great? That was hilarious, but uh, also uh, on the money. I mean, it was just brilliant. Uh, no one effing nose wins by a nose. Bottom line, I mean, bingo. Wow. Oh, that was fun. All right, folks. I got a little fun these days, right? Let's grab a couple of phone calls, but no, it's still many important stories to come and two great guests. Here's our good buddy, Jimmy in Brooklyn. He's on line one. He leads off today. Jim, good morning. How are you, pal? Hey, good morning, guys. I always say stay strong, change nothing. And Monday being Memorial Day, as a fellow who spent all of 1969 in Vietnam, I'm lucky I came home. Remember those guys who didn't come home. And you guys are always so, so respectful of the military and our service. And uh, have the best, best weekend. The best weekend. We hey, hey Jim, thank you, for your, thank you for your service, what hey. you did. And we will remember on Monday. And uh, nobody should forget. That, that's what the weekend is about. That is uh, the reason for the holiday for sure. So you're right yeah. about that. And uh, today is a poppy day. I, I don't know if you know that people yep. wear, wear poppies all over uh, the country. I don't have any poppies, but I wish I did. But today is, uh, is pop. If I didn't have to do meals on wheels, Bernie, I'd come down and bring them to you. <clears throat> Well, listen, Jim, you're a good guy. Thank you very much for that. Hey, God bless you guys. Hey, one you other too, thing. Jimmy. Yeah. One other thing. Yes. Don't play golf with Joe Dyson. He'll take your lunch money and your dinner money. Oh, I know all about it. I've spent uh, three years out in Lake Tahoe at that celebrity event and uh, dinners with him and Emmett Smith, even guys like Dan Quayle. He, uh, here I go name dropping like Pat O'Brien again. He is a, he is a monster on the golf course, which you had to go to early, of course, after Lawrence Taylor took him out on Monday Night Football. I was going to say the two of them, Lawrence Taylor loves to play golf. He's pretty good too. They should he, get together. Lawrence Taylor has a great long game. He can, he but, can drive the ball, but when he gets on the green, his putting is not that is great. Is Theismann okay with uh, Taylor at this point? Oh, they're, they're absolutely good buddies. All right, good. Very good buddies, yeah. Yeah, there, there was no malice. There was no, he didn't do it on purpose. Not not like the incident between uh, the guy on the Browns this year and the Steeler quarterback when he bashed him with the helmet over the yeah. head. This was a, an ugly, you know, result on a, on a legal hit on Monday Night Football, and they're both uh, they're both good friends good. today. Yeah, that was nasty though. Let's go to uh, Bob in Levittown. This guy's uh, new big Bernie and Sid guy. Good morning, Bob. You know, guys, I made it. I talk to you every day this week. <laughs> That's I, a big I, deal. You know what? It is. I, my, my girl told me I couldn't do it. I was like, you kidding me? I started the fake news is not essential, Chan. I'm a celebrity to these guys. You, you really are. So, no, listen, that's no small thing. That was a great clip. Uh, that was a great way to end that clip, That all that spontaneous uh, heckling 
at the uh, Channel 12 fake news people. That was great. And uh, fake news is not essential. It was pretty good, Bob. It's still trending on Twitter. I'm thinking of trademarking it. But anyway, we got another rally today um, in new, at noon in Huntington over in the village. Um, everybody come out. I mean, listen, we got to open our businesses, people. It's getting to a point where I'm starting to think the rallies aren't the answer. I think we need to just rise up as an American people and take our state back. Yeah. I mean, we have rights. This, this, is, this is unheard of that somehow the governor can tell people who's essential and non-essential. And I kind of hit a trigger with them by telling them fake news is not essential. They spent the last three months telling 36 million people they're not essential. I tell them one time they're not essential, and it's the shot heard around the world. I don't understand, guys. No, we're, we're looking at economic catastrophe here by, because we have imbeciles in charge, a complete and total... Uh, grandstanding imbeciles, nitwits, morons uh, with agendas. It is very, very bad. And every day that goes by, it gets worse and worse and maybe ir- irrevocable. And that's why they, they have no sense of urgency about open. They're just, oh, yeah, you know, the, what, he's talking about masks and he's traveling all over the place. There's no sense of urgency on the part of uh, Cuomo or de Blasio. They don't see the, uh, the, what's happening here, that, that New York is dead, dead and stinking right now. And it might stay that way. It's certainly... Uh, a lot of businesses are gone for good. If we don't reopen right now, there's going to be a lot more, and it's going to be Detroit, New York. That's what it's going to be. All right, let's go to Bob Bernard. He's in Port Jefferson on line three. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning, guys. Bernie and Sid, I think you guys are awesome. I just want to bring up a couple points. You take uh, Stacey Abrams. Uh, she's like a pound away from a planet. What's going to happen if she becomes uh, vice president? Is Pelosi's big mouth going to run after that? And then you have uh, de Blasio. No one ever ever brought up anything about it. He said he wanted to put fencing around, like the beach, beaches and oceans. But they killed Trump for wanting a border wall. How come that's never get brought up? No, the, yeah, you, no, that has. Well, you're right about that. The people who have pointed that out. Fences were He wanted. He wants fences. Of course, they don't want fences because uh, they say fences don't work down along the border. But he was going to put up fences to keep people out of the beaches. He's since uh, backtracked from that. Of course, now he's like, okay, you can go to the beach. But you can only go up to your in the water up to your ankles. Just the ankles, right? That's it. <laughs> you may do that anyway because, like you've been saying, Bernie, the water's going to be very, very cold. But uh, we'll see. We'll see if people uh, take heed to that. And once they got the ankles, what they go right in. One more. I think this is our good buddy uh, Chris McGlynn, my my f- uh, friend from Wall Street and Bethpage. Good morning, Chris. Hey, Sid. Always remember. Uh, I do. Listen, guys, and let me. I heard you mention Sid that uh, your ratings have been going up, and I'm I'm yes. hoping too because. Everybody I know is listening to you guys. I'm not kidding around. Nobody's listening to sports talk radio anymore. Boomer and Geo, forget about it. Nothing to talk about. Spectacular. Everyone's listening to you guys. Listen, very quickly. Thank you, Chris. Speaking of sports and odds, when Rich Lowry comes on and you ask him, oh, who's going to win the election? Remember this. No, no, the the exact question is in all fairness, not who's going to win in November. The exact question is who would win today in four consecutive weeks without any hesitation, he said Joe Biden. Okay, this is what I want to address. Who would win today? I follow, you got to follow the, uh, the odds makers, who they have. I follow that religiously. Trump has always been the favorite. He's minus 120, Biden's plus 130. Right. You, you know what that does? Discard all the polls, because what happens is it's where the real money is. It's true. In other words, uh, but, anybody- I, but, but, but I remind you that on Election Day in 2016, because I follow it, Chris, as you know, closely like you, Hillary Clinton was a huge favorite. And I would remind you, too, uh, on that note, uh, back in 
election day, November of 2016, Rich Lowry said that Hillary was going to win well, as well. I know, but when I, forget what I'm talking. No, if you're uh, talking uh, about uh, the odds, Hillary was a huge yeah, favorite yeah, no, to win. I got you. One, I got so. you. Even you know so, polls, odds, it's all. You're right, Chris. I, I would. I, I respect the odds more than the polls. But the odds were dead wrong in November of 2016. Right. So we don't and, know. And so, so were a lot of other people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody, including yeah. me. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Been a fun hour. We'll uh, replay that Kentucky Derby again coming up later on today, just in case you missed it. We got a couple of great guests, including New York superstar Dwight Gooden. Plenty of news. Plenty of opinions. And we want to take phone calls all day. What are you guys doing this weekend? Memorial Day. You're going to the Hamptons. You're going to, you're going to uh, the Jersey sure we want to hear from all of you spend your getaway friday with bernie and sid i like to move it move it you like to move it i like to move it move it i like to move it friday i like it this is after hours friday yeah it is this is avenue u and uh around ocean parkway 10 o'clock in the morning 10 o'clock in the morning oh yeah Many mornings. Uh, I'd leave at 1030. That sun blazing. Not a worse feeling in the world. I hate when that happens. Oh, Bernie. (laughs) Believe me. I know. 10 o'clock may be a little late for me. But uh, but I did see the sunlight, of course. Right. As I exited the after hours back in those days. 7 a.m. kind of normal. 8 a.m. But uh, the ones I went to closed at 11. And I would leave, you know, 1030. Oh. And, and how you felt like a, just a scum. You see, it, it, some days you would see, you would see people going to work. Oh, that I mean, was the worst. The morning, people going out, getting a cup of coffee. That was the worst thing. And you really felt like the biggest scale on earth. I did. I felt like, you know, the, the, the homeless people that I call out every day, low lives, degenerates. And somebody once called in and said, well, they talk about junkies the same way. I felt exactly like the way I talk about those people. Yeah. Yeah. And you should. No, I, thanks, you know, in retrospect. No, I listen. <laughs> I was, I've been there. I've been, I'm, I'm, I'm in, in the same boat. Maybe not to the same extent. No, but close. But I've been there. But I say this to addicts all the time because it's a big weekend coming up. It's a three-day weekend. Folks are stuck at home, so they're going to load up on all their you know, weed and coke and all their stuff for the weekend. Uh, and I say this all the time. you got to play the whole tape, right? We have a habit, addicts especially. All we play is like the first two hours, and man, that's fun. But when you play the whole tape and get to day three, when you're coming home at 10.30 in the morning, when people are going to work from an after-hours club, and you feel exactly the way you just talked about, then you may say, you know what? It's not as all it's chalked off to me. It's not as good. No, Hopefully it hits you that way, but usually three days later you're back. I don't know. Some people are back at it. Or maybe three weeks later. Whatever. Either way, look, in Michigan, I got good news and bad news about Michigan. First of all, the president was there yesterday. He toured the Ford plant that is making ventilators. The ventilators. Where am I going to get 30,000 ventilators? He toured the plant. They're making them. We're fine. We never had a crisis. Nobody that needed a ventilator ever went without it. Despite the panic by El Duce here in New York, he got the ventilators, the ventilators from the federal government, and now we're giving ventilators away to other countries, all that. So anyway, the president was there. But the bad news is this. Uh, a, a videotape has surfaced on Twitter of a, a man in a nursing home being pummeled by some 20-year-old kid. Oh, so bad. Being pummeled, and it goes on and on. It's one of the most disturbing, depressing things to watch. And it looks like the guy taped himself. Now, it's not clear. They say in some accounts it says that the 20-year-old is a patient in a nursing home, which doesn't make any sense. In other accounts it says he's a worker in the nursing home. But anyway, he's pummeling the guy. And for some reason, you know, we've had Good Morning America on all morning long. 
I mean, this is like trending on Twitter. People are disgusted. He got arrested, the 20-year-old. But uh, Good Morning America, so far, they haven't played the, the, the videotape. But it's a very, uh, I don't know, folks. Check it out. We'll post it on our Bernie and Sid Twitter and Facebook page. And uh, get ready to be disturbed because it, it is very, very disturbing. But the good news is this, is that that 77-year-old barber in uh, Michigan who yeah. defied that, uh, uh, that dingbat, the governor there, the dingbat tyrant, Gretchen Whitmer, he opened his barber shop. She closed it down. Not only did she close it down, then she took his license away so that he couldn't reopen when things got better. When, when she did the decree, okay, you can open your damn uh, barber shop. She just took his license away. But a judge late last night said, listen, you can open today. He's opening today, this 77-year-old guy. That's great. And it's, he, God bless him, man. He stood up. Uh, he, he stood strong. And he's very, very articulate. I, he spoke this morning. I saw him on, on the news this morning. We'll try to get some tape of this guy. On Fox and Friends, you saw him, right? I, did, I saw him on Fox and Friends first. Before you get to this guy in Detroit, I want to go back to the story you just mentioned about the nursing home thing. Um, that was a black kid beating up a white person. That's now, right. we have been inundated the last two weeks with this Georgia young man, God rest his soul, who was murdered by these redneck white Georgians, okay? Every single day is another story about it. Every single day, Don Lemon's got something to say. LeBron James has something to say. Now it turns out the guy that videotaped that whole incident, a third white male, has also been arrested. And there is no issue when a white person kills a black person. We can talk about it for days and weeks and weeks. We can burn down cities like Ferguson, Missouri. We can do the same thing in Baltimore, Maryland. But when a black person does what he did to that white person in Detroit, that old man, yeah, that so defenses. We don't talk about it. We don't hear And I'm about sick it. of it. I am sick of the double standard. I am not talking about the Arbor story. I feel horrible for him. God rest his soul. It was a disgusting story. We covered it the first day. We said the first day those two white guys should get the death penalty. They should get the electric chair, and we mean that. But I'm done with it. I'm not going to do 10 days of an Arbor story when all over America, black people kill white people, and nobody wants to cover it. Well, that's, Nobody. This is uh, maybe, I don't know. I don't know why Good Morning America. We have a nursing home crisis right now. People are not allowed to visit their loved ones, their elderly uh, dads and moms, grandma, grandpa, in nursing homes. And people are wondering what's happening in these nursing homes. We know a lot, a lot of people are dying, but what else is happening? If you're not there, I've said it before, you, you've had, your dad has been in a, a care facility. My dad has been in. My mother-in-law has been in. And if you don't ride roughshod over these, some of these workers, a lot, of, a lot of the times they get neglected, at the very least just neglected. Not, and I'm, I'm not smearing all of the workers. Some of them are very fine, wonderful, caring people. But if you don't stay all over them, they get neglected. Your, your, your loved, your dad, your mom gets neglected. And worse, and in this case, with the, uh, all the 20% of the, uh, the deaths coming in nursing homes across the country, and especially here in New York, uh, you would think that this would be a big story, right? But they don't want to put this, they don't want to, and if it, usually with the news, if it bleeds, it leads. In other words, this ties into the nursing home crisis that we're having right now. Right. But they won't show it. Well, it's a nursing home thing. And again, which I just yelled and screamed about, it's a black person exactly. attacking the, the, a white person. Uh, and they don't want to do that. I mean, I, I, they want to keep Colin in, Kaepernick in the news. In the absence of any other uh, reason why this is not a big story this morning. That's it. I don't know why, why wouldn't Good Morning America, for example, which did cover the Arbery thing uh, still, for, for like days and days. This morning again. They're still covering it this morning. Like you said to me, if that was a black man in that bed and a white guy was beating the living daylights out of it, that wouldn't be on every single station across America today. And it should. 
It shouldn't. Uh, it, should it, it shouldn't either because I, if I'm, it's in a nursing home and well, that's what's happening to uh, an yes. elderly uh, nursing home patient, it should be. But for one day, I mean, I, I know that I remember I, I got to the station and they said race is a big thing. Go with it. People want to talk about that. Whether it's black on white, white on black, when you run these things day after day after day and then you blame President Trump for division in this country. I mean, do you think we're idiots? You run this thing day after day, 10 consecutive days of Arbaugh in Georgia. That ain't President Trump's fault. That's CBS's fault. And ABC's fault. ABC's fault. They, 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 they do this stuff, and they, they exploit it day after day after day, and that leads to racial division, right. not President exactly. Trump. Exactly. They stoke it, and uh, which, by the way, uh, they, you did, that, that's what you found under the Obama administration. And the, uh, it was CNN, which uh, perpetuated the hands-up-don't-shoot hoax. Remember this uh, photograph of all the, the anchors and the nine people sitting around with sure. their hands up in the air? I remember, I remember it, LeBron James. I remember Chris Paul. And it was all a lie. All but, a lie. but it caused riots. And, and, it caught, and Bill de Blasio laying down on the Brooklyn Bridge, that filthy lowlife, which had two cops get assassinated in, uh, in Bedford-Stuyvesant. I remember all of it. And it's all these people. Not Donald Trump. And they keep running it and running it. And if a, if a white guy does it to a black guy, man, that's a horrible story. If a black guy does it to a white guy, it's almost like we deserve it. Well, this is really, really disturbing. It's a uh, Michigan nursing home. And uh, speaking of which, we happen to have uh, Casey is on the line from, from Detroit on the Bernie and Sid show. Good morning, Casey. Good morning, guys. Hey, I love your show. I've been listening to Imus since uh, high school, and now you guys are filled in even better. Well, thank hey, you, anyway. man. Um, that nursing home incident. Yeah. Uh, not only that, but the governor signed a um, an order uh, an order that you can't sue the nursing homes for neglect. Now, that's not what I call for. I call for yesterday. You had that doctor on. That I was yes, Doctor Greer, Doctor Stephen Greer on hydroxychloroquine. Yes. Right. Well, that study is three thousand people out of um, the Henry Ford, and it's all first responders. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's all first responders, and they used to tell you about um, firemen and policemen, how many were out. Yeah. You haven't heard anything about that, and there's no firemen or police off the job now. So you think they're taking hydroxychloroquine, is that it? Oh, yeah, that's who was... this is what I said this morning. Uh, you had Governor Cuomo. Uh, yeah, the, you, you know, the, the lower rates of infection are, are among first responders. You know why? Because they're wearing masks. I said, no, you moron. They're taking, they're taking hydroxychloroquine, you idiot. This guy doesn't even know what, what the hell's happening out here, and he's running the state, this imbecile. He's a, God, he's a damn imbecile. What do you mean? He's a grandstanding piece of garbage imbecile who's yucking it up on TV while people are dying. No, come on, Bernie. and the state is and the city is dying. He's and it, cute, and he's just taking his little. Him sweet and Chris time. are cute. They're cute. They got funny stories. They got brother stories. You know, they're adorable. It, it, it they got would be tans. like uh, it would be like uh, you know they're, they're cute. <laughs> I mean, can you just imagine if oh, in the God. wake of Hurricane Katrina, yeah. Uh, George Bush was on, and his brother had a cable show, and they were just laughing yeah. and laughing. Or he already took a beating from Kanye West. Remember, he don't like black people. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just absolutely <laughs> it is disgusting, reprehensible. Brothers Johnson, stop. Open up those discos in the Hamptons. Let's get this done. Disco Friday on Bernie and Sid. Getting ready for a long three-day weekend. Especially for Bernie and I. We haven't had a day off in um, since, like, Reagan was president. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, Ryan Seacrest, uh, he took off on 
Monday. Did he? And he cited exhaustion. He's tired, huh? Yeah. yeah. He's doing an hour yeah. a day. I know right. he did American Idol the night before the finale. Well, no, we, we, well, that's radio. He does two hours a day with Kelly. He, do, he, he does one hour. Oh, it's only one hour. One stinking hour. And he does have a morning show in Los Angeles. Yeah, he, a morning show in which he talks up a record. Right. And he uh, makes it. some uh, lame observation about, some bland observation about Taylor Swift, and then he plays a record. And he's done. And he does have American Idol. I just said, yeah, he, right. yeah, but right. That's he, it. He, he had that Sunday, and he right. t- so he took off and he cited exhaustion By the on way, Monday. And we can't but, complain but we, because we make a nice living. You've said that before. Yes. We are not even on the same galaxy as Seacrest. Right. We're not seven-figure guys. But, that guy is like, like $100 million. But you do get tired sometimes, right? Not if you make $100 million, you can't. You can't do it. No. You got to show up. <laughs> well, what do you, you do? First of all, you're doing it from your home. He's doing the shows from his home. Right. And We're not. No. In fact, you know, Stephen. And, he, and he's exhausted. He's and every, exhausted. He's got everything handed to him. I know. We got to do all, you know, all this, well, whatever. Well, Stephen well, Greer sent, sent us an email last night, the doctor that has now been quoted on the show a couple of times, a very good guest, very good guest, hydroxychloroquine. And he said, listen, we need to get guys like you back in the studio. So I emailed him back last night. I said, Steve, I got news for you, buddy. First of all, you were great today, but... We haven't not been in the studio not once. Bernie comes in every day. I continue to take the trains. We're I think we're the only radio show we, who does that. We are here in the middle of the we're, we're, we're ground zero. Right. We are at ground, and, and I'll, I'll tell you literally ground zero for this pandemic because this is the worst place in midtown Manhattan. Yes. This is the worst place is Penn, Penn Station, Penn Plaza, this, this, this area, 34th Street. Because it's, uh, again, they have the Rikers inmates across the street at the, the Pennsylvania Hotel. And you have half, the, you whole, half the homeless population lives downstairs, along with the inmates who just hang out downstairs. This place is horrible. I'll, I'll run around. I'll go up to, you know, uh, Rockefeller Center, Times Square. Oh, you're fine there. Yeah, all these places, they're, they're eerily silent. Right, but you're that. fine. But you're fine. But here, yeah. you're in danger. There's no question. But Com- we continue to show up every single day. So we've got uh, zero remorse, zero guilt for taking Monday off. Russ Salzberg, he'll be here, right? Our good friend. He does a terrific job. Anyway. Russ, Russ is great. Russ is great. In fact, he's got his uh, podcast still going weekly. He does. Uh, get a load of this. Uh, the last was about the, the last dance. He thought it was great. It the was last great. dance was the best dance. It was. He's right. Michael Jordan's piece. And if you missed that on ESPN, all 10 episodes are airing now, I believe, on Netflix. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Former Met and Yankee great Dwight Gooden next hour. Another segment of WABC cares coming up in the nine o'clock hour and of course your phone calls if you're on your way out of town we want to know and are you going to come back (laughs) this is a great uh, riding in the car song oh bon jovi is always fun for that Thank you, you, you can actually listen to this song when you go to the beaches in uh, New of Jersey course. this weekend. That's fun. That's fun. I, you want to get you, you, exactly music will take you away, take you to a better place. You're in the car on the way to the beach, literally going to a better place. But music will do that as well, even if you headed to work. Anyway, we're heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. Now listen, on this uh, whole uh, a lockdown thing. I mean, there's two schools of thoughts. So of course, yesterday you had the uh, front page of the New York Post. That guy got a lot of attention. He brought attention to the fact that, uh, well, this city is essentially, New York City is on life support. And I would imagine that the state, New Jersey, and a lot of blue states, where you have these petty tyrants who uh, have no sense of urgency about reopening. They, they, they seem oblivious to the pain that's out there and to the permanent damage that they might be doing. 
And look, it, it, they have an agenda behind it. I mean, it's all the, the agenda is to damage uh, the, the Republicans, the president in this November election and other things. Uh, but, but Rich Lowry addresses that. I'll get to that in a second. But we, we were watching Good Morning America and their graphic uh, this morning, about t- 10 minutes ago, second wave this fall. In other words, it's all doom and gloom. They're not talking about the good news, the fact that uh, not, all the numbers are down, that we passed the peak. To the, and to that point, the president spoke yesterday about uh, states reopening and about a second wave. Listen to what he said. I think that a lot of these states are going to, the ones that are sort of sticking to a certain very rigid pattern, I think they're going to stop. I don't think the people are going to stand for it. This is a country that's meant to be open, not closed. People say that's a very distinct possibility. It's standard. And we're going to put out the fires. We're not going to close the country. We're going to put out the fires. There could be, whether it's an ember or a flame, we're going to put it out. But uh, we're not closing our country. Let me make a point to you here. He's talking about the second wave. Yeah, right. We're not going to close it. And when you say, Bernard, that the networks are doom and gloom, and you and I talked about this at the break. That's exactly right. But the problem is there's a more evil motivation behind it. See, what's going on now is, is the virus is not nearly as dangerous as it was two months ago. So they need a reason. They need a reason to continue these lockdowns and to continue to hurt President Trump and the economy. So it's not just that they're doom and gloom, but they will use the second wave now as an excuse oh, yes. to keep everything shut down to make oh, sure no, no they get question. closer and closer to November. And that's evil. No, no question. That is exactly my point. That's exactly what they're doing. There's no question. Now, now, Rich Lowry is a guest of ours. He's usually on Mondays. Uh, we're not going to be here Monday. But he wrote a column uh, yesterday, last night. It's called We're Past the Peak and It's Fine to Cheer. This is what he writes, and it's very important. It's not March anymore, he writes. The pandemic isn't the same as it was a few months ago. We're on the other side of the curve. There are encouraging signs all over the country. And uh, no, there's no reopening debacles occurring. It's all, it's all good. The question now is whether the media and political system can absorb good news on the virus which is often ignored if it isn't buried under misleading storylines. And then he says something that you've said in the past. The press has a natural affinity for catastrophes, which makes compelling viewing and good copy. You've actually said that. Yes. About Don't hurt, tell hurt, them a tropical storm. Right? Yes, exactly. So he goes, uh, so the media are loath to acknowledge or shift gears, blah, blah, blah. But he writes, meanwhile, progressives and many journalists have developed a near theological commitment to the lockdown measures such that any information that undermines them is considered unwelcome, even threatening. And this accounts for the widespread sense that no one should say things that, have, that, that, that things have gotten better or people are going to die. Nobody should say that because, yeah, if you say that, people are going to die. That's what they've been saying. And he writes again, almost all of the discussion about reopening is framed by worries that we'll, we will reopen too soon, not that we might reopen too late. And that mm. is the real danger. Right. That is the real danger. And uh, the fake news misinforms otherwise smart, savvy people, and it, mis- you know, it misleads them, and it gets repeated. Now listen to this, because you and I talked about this earlier in the week. Lowry writes, the press has often tried to create negative news around the reopenings. CNN tweeted last week, and Texas is seeing the highest number of new coronavirus cases and deaths just two weeks after it officially reopened. And, and Rich writes, as Sean Trend of Real Clear Politics points out, the seven-day rolling averages of new cases had indeed been trending up. But the seven-day rolling average of the number of tests had gone up too, which would naturally turn up more cases. The key indicator is the positivity rate. And in Texas, 
It was down. Well, let me ask you then about Georgia, because you and I have been touting uh, Governor Kemp in Georgia as a huge success. Then I told you my father-in-law, who lives in Charlotte, North Carolina, told us a couple days ago, Georgia's getting hammered. Bill O'Reilly told you now the same thing yesterday. Is that the same deal as Texas? Yes. Where there's just more testing? Yes, it, it is down. The, the, there is a decline. There's a decline in the rate of positivity. Same thing with uh, uh, Texas. Same thing. And Rich Lowry writes about Florida as well. It's, it's all down. The, the number of cases are up, but the rate of positivity is down. That's because, again, there's more testing. And by the way, they, they were talking about testing, testing, testing. Now, as Lowry writes in his piece, we don't, in some states, they don't have enough people for all the testing that we have. So we they got the testing, and we're, they're still insisting on staying close. Now, the guy who wrote the piece yesterday in the New York Post, his name was David Marcus. He was interviewed on TV last night. This is what he said. I wrote this piece this weekend when I saw images of New Yorkers at about 4.30 in the morning, hours before this Catholic church opened that was offering food because they were hungry and they needed food. And when I saw those images is really when I went from being frustrated with Governor Cuomo and Mayor de Blasio to being furious uh, because people are going hungry. Small businesses are being destroyed. Jobs are evaporating. Our kids aren't being educated. People can't get cancer screenings. And the governor sits there on his TV show every day and acts as if what we're complaining about is that there's nothing to watch on Netflix. It's bizarre and it's infuriating. And he's exactly right. He sits there so cavalier and look at me, my tan. I'll be on later on with Fredo. We'll be laughing it up on CNN. Everything is great for me. This is fantastic. So this guy, David Marcus, continued. Listen. Every hour that goes by, bringing the city back becomes harder and harder because every day there's another business owner who realizes that he's run out of whatever that capital is that he had to keep him floating for what is now two months. We are very close to, be, to it becoming an absolute economic catastrophe. And I have yeah. absolutely no confidence that either the governor or the mayor appreciate that fact at all. In fact, I'm pretty sure they don't. He's, he's a thousand percent correct. Slow rolling this thing. They don't care. And in fact, they, they want, I think they want this situation. I, I don't, I, do they understand that we're, we're going to pass the point of no return? I mean, we may be there already. Again, this, this city is on life support. The state, the uh, state is on life support. And New Jersey, no better. I, I don't know if they understand that. I think Murphy might understand it because I, I heard he's talking about reopening salons and gyms in the next few weeks. I heard Murphy say that, but not Governor Cuomo. No. Not, not, not de Blasio. Not no. that lazy-ass slob. Not even close. Now, in Michigan as well, the same situation with that uh, dingbat uh, tyrant, Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, she has everything locked down. She's throwing people in prison. She's uh, taken away uh, 77-year-old barber shop licenses. Well, that the particular guy, that 77-year-old guy, the judge ruled last night that he can reopen today. That he can reopen a judge. See, that's what's going to save us. This stuff is unconstitutional. This, this is the uh, civil liberties. I mean, they just can't do this without the consent of the people. In any case, the judge uh, ruled that he can reopen, and he's going to reopen. And he talked about it this, about it this morning on uh, Fox News. Take a listen. And I've lived under 14 administrations. I was born under FDR. I have never seen anything like this, ever. The tyranny, the, the type of police states that these states have set up, and especially our Governor Whitmer, she acts as though she's our mother, and she's not my mother. As far as I'm concerned, the judge had showed a tremendous amount of wisdom. He had a constitutional argument. 
and the right to work and the right to earn a living. Uh, all of us don't yeah. want a handout. We want to work. A month ago, I was happy and I was just as well. I was as famous as I wanted to be. <laughs> the governor has made me who I am. I've become a worm in her brain, and I don't mind that. I've been in business longer than she's been alive, and I'm not. Uh, I'm not standing down for this type of tyranny. You know, this is. Uh, uh, I, I've never seen anything like this. Seventy-seven years old. <laughs> I love God that guy. bless that guy. Call oh Mankey. God, he's great. What's right? his name? Call Mankey. Oh my God! Uh, I love and, him. And he's been at all these protests. They took away. They actually took away his freaking license. And even if Michigan reopened and allowed salons and barbershops, he would not have been able to open. Uh, but for this judge last night that said, no, 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 that's not right. You know, he's so right, too. Whether it, it is Gretchen Whitmer. They have their own issues in Michigan, by the way, this week with the pl- floods and uh, they're underwater, basically. Yeah. So they got some other stuff going on. But even uh, here, you know, Bill de Blasio, when he opens the beaches in New York, it's almost like he wants us to thank him. No lifeguards, of course. You can't go in the water. And, and like you've said, you're right. This weekend is still going to be chilly, not going to be 90 degrees. May not need to go in the water. You'll still enjoy the beaches. But it's almost like he's doing us a favor. Like, right. hey, Uncle yes. Bill, thank you so yeah, exactly. much. Thank you, Uncle Billy. Thank you, you, you there, there prick. You, have <laughs> you, you son have, of a... There you have your socialist, <sighs> communist, uh, totalitarian mentality. We'll take care of you. We'll tell you what to do, and we'll take care of you. And when we allow you to do things, you'll be grateful for it and shut the hell up. And, and, and one more with this uh, Andrew Cuomo, this schmuck, this uh, Il Duce, a piece of garbage. What's the matter with you? This guy who killed uh, so many people in the nursing homes, murdered these people with, with, with his idiotic decree that you have to send COVID-infected patients back to the nursing home. He's on TV uh, laughing it up with his brother, with, with Fredo, on CNN. Everybody thinks it's great. You know, the, again, New York City is dying. New York State is dying. And, and peop, old people literally have died by the thousands because of him. Uh, so, anyway, Janice Dean, she's a friend of ours. She was a longtime fixture on the IMA show, at least a few years, not long time, whatever. Anyway, uh, she lost her two in-laws her uh, husband put her to, uh, who, who is a fireman himself, put his, his dad and his mom, his, his dad is a former firefighter, in these nursing homes about six months ago. He struggled with the decision, but he did it. And now they're dead. And it's all both. because they both, bo- died. both died. Yeah. And it's because of Cuomo's edict. Now, Jan- now, these are real people. These are not statistics. This is why Janice Dean's voice on this is very important. This is what she said, particularly about Cuomo going on TV and laughing it up. The fact that I am seeing last night him on another channel making fun, inappropriate jokes, insensitive jokes, cruel jokes. Make no mistake, I'm really glad that Chris Cuomo has recovered from COVID because he apparently did have it. And I'm glad that their family is well, but my family is not well. And that's not something to joke about. You hear that, schmuck? He doesn't care. And uh, Janice, thank God uh, that she, do- she did that because it was great. And it's a terrible tragedy she's going through. She's a nice girl. By the way, I wasn't, well, talk- I wasn't talking to you. No, I know. <laughs> I did hear it. <laughs> uh, did you hear that? Schmuck uh, shit. Good Lord. No, so- it's, just, it's so frustrating because you would think that when somebody loses their, their in-laws and they're on TV talking about it, you would really think that that would bother. It, he doesn't care. Yeah, real, I mean, He's he, a psychopath. He talks about his mom, Matilda. Mom, on Mother's Day, I love you. Oblivious. Apparently oblivious. To the people like her and her husband who are mourning, who she couldn't even have a decent funeral. Well, oblivious would be good. If he's oblivious, that's good. My contention is he's callous. He doesn't care. He's callous, yeah. And it's me, you.
Ah, yes. The greatest Brooklyn movie ever. Saturday Night Fever. John Travolta in the paint store. No Tony, the future FU. If you don't plan for it. Something we've talked about all week long. Believe it or not, that actually applies to what's going on today. That great movie made over 40 years ago with uh, John Travolta at that great club, 2001 Space Odyssey, right by the, uh, the Crazy Country Club in Brooklyn and Bay Ridge, New York. That applies today because we've been saying all week long with Memorial Day weekend here upon us and beaches opening up now all over the place. Uh, Bill de Blasio, Uncle Billy there, our mayor, that low-life, despicable piece of garbage, has done all of us a big favor. He's opened the beaches in New York. Now, of course, you can't go on the water. He's lucky it's only going to be 70 degrees or 60 on the beach this weekend, so lots of people will not go in the water anyway. But this guy, as Bernie said all week long, to Bernie's credit again, he did not plan for this. He did nothing for it. Even as of yesterday, the day before the weekend, the beaches were not open. He finally succumbed and caved and opened the beaches. But if you don't think all of these beaches, whether it's Coney Island here in, in Brooklyn, New York, whether it's Joan Beach, uh, Jones Beach on Long Island, or Seaside in Jersey, if you don't think it's going to be a chaotic scene, you're either naive were stupid and probably closer to the latter. Yeah, no, <laughs> listen, excuse me. He's the only, New York City's the only place in the tri-state area where the beaches are not reopening. The only place because of this lazy slob. No, they are reopening, but you can't go in the incompetence. water. Incompetence. Well, but that, that's what I mean. They don't have lifeguards. Right, right. I mean, in other words, every, every other place planned to have beaches open on Memorial Day weekend. Somehow or other, it, 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 it just... It, it, you know, he skipped it. I, I don't know. He missed it. He, he he didn't see Memorial Day coming. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. But it's, it's it's total incompetence is what it is. It's lazy. He's a lazy, he's a sloppy, lazy, a weed-smoking piece of crap, as you pointed out. And it's going to be, a, it's, it's gonna be a, a chaotic scene this weekend. You're right. The people are going to go. He's lucky that it's not going to be 90 degrees and, uh, you know. Hot and humid. You may He's be very right. Lucky. You may be right. That may save him. Although, again, I still maintain sometimes when it really gets that hot that folks like to stay inside in air conditioning. This is going to be a lot more breezier and cooler and nicer. Now, certainly folks who live by me and NYCHA, they don't have air conditioning in their apartments. They go outside no matter what. But you may be right. That may be his saving grace. I still think it's going to be very, very crowded, even though it's only going to be about 63 on the beaches on Sunday and Monday. But we will see. Either way, he was not prepared. Now, you would think he would be prepared when you consider that the governor who continues to lock down everything, and he won't even look at a phase one in New York City until June the 13th, which means phase three, gyms, restaurants, all of our fun stuff, won't even look at that until probably the end of July, if in fact it's unbelievable. the first two phases opened before. It is unbelievable. And, and, and then, then you say, yeah, then they'll reopen. They're going to close in the meantime. They can't last that long. They can't pay their own rent. Some may. Yes, yeah. that's the sad part. Some may. But you can't figure out why that's the case. Why wasn't Bill de Blasio prepared for Memorial Day weekend? Why is Governor Cuomo waiting until June 13th to get to phase one in New York City? Why is he doing all that? After he says something like this yesterday, here's Cuomo 4. Overall trajectory of this situation, March 20th to May 20th, been a period of time that will go down in history. A a lot of pain, unique period, but uh, we got through it. We got through it. We got over the mountain, literally and figuratively. We got through it. We're over the mountain. We're all done. We're good. That's so right. Why are three regions still in the state locked why? down? Uh, exactly. Why? That's the big question. Why? Why are you sitting there with no sense of urgency, uh, it's, it's taking a sweet time about this uh, re- reopening, which is you know, literally killing? It's gonna. It's gonna be irrevocable. The damage. The damage. The city is on life support, as I said earlier. 
and they, they may not be able to resuscitate it. They may not be yeah. able to. The only it may be like a, a permanent Detroit-style city. That's too late. The only person that may dislike Bill de Blasio, Bernard, more than you and I is, uh, well, I'll read the text I just got, and I'll let you figure out who said it, okay? Let's see if you can do this. Scumbag Bill de Blasio's real name is Warren Wilhelm, a criminal who took money to get things done, guilty of pay for play. You've got one guess. Give me the uh, uh, give me the Jeopardy music. Who here. said? Who wrote? Who that? said this? He just texted this to me seconds ago. Wilhelm, his real name, guilty of pay for play. Oh, that's Bo Deedle. Bang! I knew it. Yeah, Warren Wilhelm. By the way, never had a never had an honest uh, job in his life. He was working. It's, it's all government all his whole life. Never worked in the private sector. Nothing. I mean, and for that matter, Andrew Cuomo, same thing. Both of these guys are permanent government employees, and they're still getting paid. They're fine. They're on TV. They got their nice suits. They're looking good. You know, they, 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 everything is great for them. Not for these people, not for people out here who are just dying, dying. Uh, you know, people cooped up in their homes, they, they, business people, some people who can't, still haven't gotten their unemployment checks, and some who have. By the way, one of the holdups is going to be they had this big bill in uh, uh, that Pelosi put forward no. with that socialist wish list. Bill O'Reilly talked about it yesterday. You know, it's going to legalize immigration, legalize illegal immigrants, all this nonsense, whatever. Uh, also, money for the arts still in it. Release everybody out of the federal prison systems that are over 50 years old as long as they promise not to murder somebody. I swear to God that is in the bill. But one of the things that uh, the Republicans don't want, if they do pass a second bill, is to extend that unemployment yeah. with the extra money. $600. Uh, Mitch McConnell is the guy behind that. And I know somebody, somebody very close to me, who's getting $1,000 a week, who uh, <laughs> kind of sides with President Trump, but now wants Mitch McConnell dead. Because <laughs> yeah. he's the guy out there saying no more of this stuff because well, you, it, it, it's, it's giving people a reason to want to stay home. You can, you can stay on it until the end of July. That's so, it. But, but McConnell says, and as a matter of fact, we should listen to McConnell. This is what he said about that. Uh, listen to what he said. By paying people more not to work than to work, <laughs> it's making it difficult to get people back to work. You can understand that. We do need to continue unemployment insurance. It's extremely important at a time like this. But to pay people more not to work than to work doesn't encourage resuming your job. And that will end in July. And we think that in order to create jobs, we need to incentivize people to go back to work, not encourage them to stay home. No, he's right. Listen, I got a buddy, you know, he owns tanning salons all across the city. He pays these young girls about 300 bucks a week to come to work. They're making twice that now. And he wants to reopen, but he can't get his workforce to come back to work. They're making exactly. more money staying Sa home. Same thing with uh, a, a, multitude, a multitude of uh, businesses. Same problem. And uh, look, they, some people are getting like eleven, twelve hundred dollars $1,200 a week. Yeah. That's the equivalent. That, that's more money than New York City police officers make. I, I, know. I swear to God, I know. that's more money. Yeah, that's know. like uh, sixty grand, almost uh, fifty-five grand a, a, a right, year. Right, 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 calm down. Uh, no, no, literally. <laughs> no. Let's extend it, okay? <laughs> what you're gonna? First of all, it's money we don't have, I know. and plus, people will not go back to work. Well, it's going it. to screw the small businesses. It's just not the way. That's a lazy ass Democrat thing. Is wait for a government check. That's true. 
Yeah. That, that, that's not America. I've always said I was lazy until uh, I got the benefit from it. <laughs> no, listen, I was, I've been on unemployment. They're not saying stop unemployment. No, I know Just that, that extra of uh, the $600 that yeah, they tack on. Kind of nice. I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah, until the the one thing about socialism, it works fine until you run out of other people's money. Right. That's a that good always point. happens. Yes. And eventually you do, and next thing you're down in Venezuela, and nobody has toilet paper, and you're eating your shoe. For dinner, you're, you're boiling. You're boiling your leather shoe, and uh, you're trying to put what, some what, salt on it. What Venezuela? That's going to be Brooklyn in about six. That's weeks. what I'm saying. <laughs> it's no joke. I know. Black here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere in the 77 WABC app on this festive Memorial Day weekend Friday. And uh, look, I'm gonna, we're going to get to the phones here. 1-800-848-9222. Just wa- want to remind people that it was chi- the communist Chinese government that per- per- perpetuated or perpetrated, that I should say, this, uh, this crime against humanity, this, this atrocity against us and they continue to do bad things and they sneaky bastards what yeah andrew Cuomo said it was god it was mother nature yeah he won't address he, he, he everybody but china same china. thing with schmuck schumer and punk pelosi uh blaming china is a diversion and uh, our congresswoman here from new york elise stefanik she's been appointed to uh the trump's new uh china task force china task force and one guy who's speaking out against it loudly, his name is Josh Hawley. He's a senator from Missouri. <clears throat> and they've threatened, the communist Chinese have threatened to sanction him personally and the state of Missouri because he's a senator from there. He said this about that. China is the single greatest national security threat to this country in the 21st century. More than that, they're the single greatest economic threat. We've been losing jobs to China Mm -hmm. for years. We've been losing manufacturing to China for years. And now they're building up their military, even as they unleash this pandemic on the world. We've got to change our relationship with China. And the time to do it is right now. Absolutely right. Just wanted to get that. This guy is so right. And these people, these, these communist Chinese sympathizers is what they are. We need McCarthy hearings, I think, again, back here <laughs> down in Washington. These people, uh, it's just unbelievable. Now, on a lighter note, a little bit lighter note, and it's not that light, this guy, uh, Ryan Seacrest, I wanted to play this. I haven't heard this. There was a rumor that he had a stroke live on American Idol Sunday night. And I saw pictures of this guy, Ryan Seacrest. He really looked bad. One of his eyes was bulging. The other was closed. Is this true? Yeah, this is true. I didn't hear about this, and I'm a uh, well, celebrity junkie. Well, here you go. Uh, you, wow. T- take notes. All right. Uh, Ryan Seacrest, uh, there were rumors that he had a stroke on American Idol. It was the finale. And, uh, again, I saw the pictures. The eyes look weird. And he, so he supposedly slurred his speech. I haven't heard it. This is the slurring of the speech. Take a listen. Cynthia Erivo and the top 11 right there. You can catch her playing Aretha Franklin on the National Geographic Limited Series. Genius Aretha premiering this fall. Now, coming to you live, and we have the final two results. Who will be your next American Idol? Hmm. So I don't know no, about no, the stroke. No, no, I wasn't terrible. One Listen, little point there. I, I, I've, I've sounded worse myself. Yeah, I was going to say yes, yes, <laughs> plenty of times. But uh, so then he, he took off the next day. Oh, he did. He took off Monday, and he came back on Tuesday on the, the Kelly and uh, Rip, uh, Ryan show, right? Whatever right. it is. Yeah. And he said this. I want to thank Mark for filling in yesterday. I appreciate that. 
Yes, I, I, it was I, his I, pleasure. He's so good at it. And also all the very kind well wishes from my exhaustion working around the clock. So I got a day off. So he was exhausted. He, yeah, exhausted, please. So it must have been Mark Consuelo, I would imagine, yeah. her, her cute yeah, husband. Yeah, that's right. Now, by the way, just so you know, you do a show on ABC with um, Katy Perry, Lionel Richie, and uh, Keith Urban. You may get a stroke. <laughs> that show is so bad. It is so bad. The days yeah. of Simon Cowell and Randy Jackson and uh, who's the Laker cheerleader who banged everybody in house? Uh, Paul Abdul. That's Horrible. over. Horrible. Right. Horrible. But, he mean, may have gotten listen, a stroke. <laughs> everybody's handing stuff to you. You got it's, it's easy. I mean, it's just exhaustion stuff. I'm, I'm begging you. One hour on Kelly and uh, whatever the hell, and uh, Kelly and Ryan, and it's it's one hour, and they're doing it from their homes. Exhaustion, please. I mean, who gets tired from all this? Anyway, TJ is in Brooklyn. Good morning to you, TJ. Boys, as always, a pleasure to speak with you. Um, guys, you guys have been the voice of reason since this whole thing started. Uh, the, the mayor this weekend is sending the cops out, too, uh, to enforce rules outside of bars that may be doing takeout food. So they're not allowed to have garbage cans, chairs, anyone stays too long. They're going to find the establishment. And, again, hasn't he done enough to the food and beverage and restaurant industry? Yeah, certainly has. Yeah. And one thing, Bernie, I'm not a doctor, and I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn last night, but <laughs> if, Cuomo, if Cuomo, because he's much smarter than us, because he has pierced nipples, um, if, he, <laughs> if he listens to the CDC guidelines, right, and, and he's told us many, many, many times during this, these couple of weeks that President Trump is not a doctor, but the CDC is written by Fauci. So wouldn't he have technically followed what Fauci said? Well, this, not Trump? this is why the, the news, fake news, hasn't covered it. Plus, the uh, CDC guidelines that he's citing, he's lying about that. The CDC guidelines specifically said that they have to have uh, uh, already uh, uh, provided spaces, a quarantine section for COVID-infected people. Cuomo's order mandated that they take them right away, regardless of the, if, if they were prepared or not. The CDC guidelines said they have to be prepared before you, before you send them back. They have to have a separate section, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but he lied about that as well. So, yes, and Dr. Fauci's guidelines as well. That's why the media didn't dwell on it too much when he blamed Trump. Adam is in Queens. Good morning, Adam. Guys, just want to say great job, as always, and uh, right. for being the voice of reason, a big uh, – ditto or uh, echo what that guy said and you're right time to get back on our feet and we just need to be mindful of our senior citizen population keep ourselves clean when interacting with grandma sanitize if you're dropping off groceries and if we use our heads and take some personal responsibility back and say hey i know that i was here so if i'm going to go visit my grandma i need to do everything I can to make sure that that target group, that's 22% or 24% of the, the death toll right now, that I'm going to take it on myself to make sure everything I do before I see her means that I'm not going to infect her. There you go. So we I can mean, do that, and let's is. get back on our feet. That's got such good. an excellent phone call, Adam. You just uh, explained it perfectly. If you're going to see grandma, and I hope you do, uh, don't not go see your elderly parents or grandparents, because the truth is they'd rather die than not see you. They don't want to see you walk by the window. and They want to see you. Yeah. So do what Adam just said. If you know you're going there, take all the proper precautions. Keep those people inside. 
isolate them, make sure they're okay. The other 99% of America, like us, go out and work and go to the beach and raise hell. But you should go see your parents and your grandparents. Don't stay away from them because you may kill them. Because truth is, they'd rather die if they can't see you anyway. And they may die from loneliness. I mean, that that kills them and depresses them and depresses their immune system when they get that mentality in their head. Yeah, Adam was also going to say civil disobedience. He didn't get to it, but... That's what we need to do. We need have to, to have mass reopenings, organized reopenings of businesses. And as you've been telling people, go out and tear it up. Yeah. Uh, everybody has to just do it, and they can't, can't control us. Yeah. They just can't. And they, hard and to they, argue. Nor, nor should they. I mean, who the hell are they? No, hard to argue. One of the things that They also, work for us. They do work for us. But, you know, it's funny you say that. It's like an agent, right? Every once in a while, you, you, you feel like the, you, know, the, you work for your agent. No, the agent works for yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. Same thing here. The politicians, they work for us. Folks, back in 1984, this man arrived on the scene with the New York Mets and became a monster, monster star right away. Rookie of the year. Second year, 1985. He won the Cy Young, one of the greatest seasons I've ever seen. And I've watched baseball for 50 years, won 24 games that year. His third year in 1986, he was the best pitcher on a team that won the World Series. How's that for your first three years in New York City? And uh, then, of course, we know the rest of Dwight Gooden's history. Went on to win with the New York Yankees, pitch a no-hitter with the New York Yankees. Uh, went through some uh, personal stuff along the way. That's where he and I are very, very similar. And I can tell you this. Uh, we text each other. He just texted me literally two nights ago, checking on Danielle and my kids. He's such a beautiful, great guy. He really is. And he's going to pop on here with Bernie and I. He's a big fan of ours, Bernie, to talk about his frustration with Major League Baseball inability to get the players back on the field. So here he is, our dear friend, Dwight Doc Gooden. Good morning, Dwight. Good morning, guys. How you guys doing? Hope you guys are up there, which I know you are. It's good to be on the show. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Doc. Same we're, to we're you, great. Doc. Thank you. Hey, Dwight, let's, uh, let's get right to this. We've been talking about this for weeks. A lot of folks out there want baseball back. I, I don't. I'm on record that I don't because I don't want half statistics and half championships, and I'd rather have a full yeah. season. But I understand, like, Bernie and Rudy Giuliani and other folks, they want to get baseball back. It will help a lot of people, mentally at least, in this country. As a former player... Watching this, owners and players arguing. You went through this uh, between 1994 and 1995. You guys lost a whole season in between your days with the Mets and the Yankees. How bad is this for baseball, and how frustrated are you? I'm, I'm frustrated, and it's a bad look, especially with everything that's going on, and especially when we have players come out like Blake Snell did and make those type of comments that's uncalled for. When people are out putting their lights on the line every day to make them live their dreams and be safe. Um, as a fan, I just say I like to see baseball. I like to see any sports. But on the other side, like you say, I don't want to see, you know, a half season where things are, they have this, you know, the staff where things don't matter too much or it's always going to be talked about. So I think as a former player, it's almost, and I hate to say this, but I almost rather see them wait for next year to get everything right, make sure everything's in place for us to test in, make sure the coronavirus is behind because you know, the, the rumors about the second wave and different things. And one thing that would be even worse if the season was to start, and then they have to stop it with no postseason. So, me personally, and I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm a huge, huge fan of, of all sports, especially baseball. But I say wait to next year. But I, I just don't see it all coming together. And it's bad that they're working out the problems through the media, you know, through the papers, because you know the players can always take their heat on this one, especially when you start talking about salary and money and everybody losing their jobs and different things that's going on at this time. 
Um, so I say let's, let's just wait to next year and start the season and start the right way. That's just my opinion. Well, that's a point well taken, but uh, we would, uh, granted, the season would come with an asterisk, of course. Everybody knows that. But we're in a place, uh, Doc Gooden, where America needs, uh, they need some morale boosting. And, and what, what better way to do it than, you know, baseball? And for these guys not to want to, you know, just do it, even, even though it wouldn't really count, like I said, the asterisk would be there. I mean, they would be helping the country is what they would be doing. Remember what happened after 9-11? Baseball was a big deal. I know it was official then. It was, it's a different situation. But it was still part of the national fabric, and it boosted our morale. It could do the same now, even if we're just watching it on TV. No, no, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But you're talking about, and again, it's my opinion. I think with the 9-11 thing, and then we had to strike in 94, 95, it was a little different because now you're talking about you know dealing with everyday lives and and I think for the government and, and the people who are on the front line, they probably have more answers than I do, obviously. But I just hate to see the season start, and then you have the second wave coming through. It could be just a rumor. I don't know. I don't have enough knowledge on this. But I just hate to start, and then, you know, somebody gets the virus, and they stop, and you play. I think once you start, you got to just go with it. Um, I don't think you start and stop, even though we don't know. We can't predict, and especially for myself, being in recovery. you got to live in the moment and live day at a time. Um, and, again, I'm a huge fan. I would love to see sports. I miss baseball, and I, I try to watch the Korean baseball. It does nothing for me, so I do want to see baseball. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm just afraid that it's going to start and stop or you're going to get some players here. Hey, don't, let know, the fake, don't, don't let the fake news scare you about this second wave. Yeah, you, that, you, that, you can't that, let the fear yeah. just undermine everything. Yeah. <laughs> that's I mean, and that's my only concern. I just don't want to start and stop and, and then players you know, get sick or whatever. My, no, that's fair. My concern is the health. That's, that's fair. That's fair. But, 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 you know, what, whether they start and stop or not, right now, where we are right now, Dwight, billionaires, the owners, fighting with millionaires, the players. And I know you're a former player, and the union was probably very, very good to you. It's a very good union, a very strong union, a very loyal union. So I don't expect you to spit in the face of the players. But like you said, when Blake Snell says what he says in Tampa, when Bryce Harper, he just signed a $300 million contract two years ago. He could afford to go a couple of months when he only makes $50 million instead of $300 million. And when these guys yeah, come out and they're arguing yeah. about money, Dwight, it, the, the everyday guy, it's impossible to swallow. I, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. And it's, and it's not a good look. And the first thing when I saw that, when Blake Snell actually said it, I wanted to call him and follow him, you know, and say, what's my people? I say, that's not my place. Let me take a step back. And, you know, hopefully he get better advice than that. And then maybe he's just talking on the heat of the moment. I don't know. But definitely bad choice of words at this particular time. I mean, people are dying every day. People are fighting for him to be able to go back and do his job and play a kid's game. I think players forget. And, and I, I tell kids, and I tell Major League players all the time, it's a privilege to play Major League Baseball. Guys got to understand that. And then once they do that, they'll respect the game more. I'm not saying they don't earn the money they get because they do, but they got to understand it's a privilege to play Major League Baseball. There's a lot of guys that put their lives, like now, in front of everything to make that possible. And I think if guys understand that, maybe the owners and the players can come together and at least give the people what they want. Hopefully, and uh, yes, it, it, they 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 have to ensure the players' safety. That goes without saying. That's uh, that should be uh, you know a, a, a premise before they go in that you will be yeah. tested every day. That you will not catch it. I mean, they they, they wouldn't wouldn't be putting their own health on the line. I don't think so. Which is no, another no, which is another no, reason no, why they should do it. Yes, yeah, I agree. Another thing is they, like when they talk about putting a bubble and all the players staying in the hotel and all this and that. I mean, I was a professional player. I mean, we all played. 
it's no way possible every player is going to stay at that hotel. I can tell you that right now. That's not going to happen. You have guys going out at night. Guys going to be bringing girls in. Whatever, whatever the deal is, it's not a perfect role. And guys are not going to just stay in that bubble and play baseball. That's not going to happen. Not going to happen. You know, I'm so I'm so glad you brought that up because there were two reasons why we wanted to bring you on. One, of course, from the baseball aspect. The second part is, you know, for me it was different. I, I was a guy that hid. My, my drug abuse for the better part of the last 10 years, I was threatened by my wife to get kicked out every time. So I would, you know, go to hotels. I would go anyplace else. I would never do it at home. So if I was yeah. under these conditions and had to be locked at home, I would not be doing drugs because I was, uh, I hit it. I was a, I was a closet, uh, drug user. Uh, but there are a lot of folks, addicts that right now are really going overboard. I mean, just going berserk. They're home all day. All they do is drink and do drugs. As an addict yourself, uh, what, what, what is this time? Can you see this time? Not for you because you're doing very well these days, Dwight, but can you see this time being very dangerous for the addicts out there? Oh, 100%. Um, it's very tough. And the guys that I talk to daily, you know, they struggle in different things, whether it's mental health or addiction, because there's nothing there. And like I said, a lot of them use this now because the rehabs are shut down. You can't go to the NAA meetings. You have a lot of stuff on Zoom. But it's totally different than being in person. You can't spend time with your sponsor where you want. So it's a very dangerous time. I look at it as the opposite for me because I'm so into sports and baseball where it actually helps me where I don't have that distraction of baseball right now where I could totally focus on myself because I just got a treatment, you know, a couple months ago. So with this time, I could just totally focus on myself when I need to do. But, but like you say, in society, it's so much depression going on now with people losing jobs and people who struggle with the disease of drugs and alcohol. It, it's very dangerous for them right now because they got all this free time. They don't have to go to meetings. You don't have the rehabs that are open now. The guys can you know, take care of what they need to take care of. So it's a very dangerous time, and we just have to support each other. Yeah, it is, and it's ironic, too, that they would uh, close down Alcoholics Anonymous, but uh, keep the liquor stores open. That's, uh, that's, that's a bad, it's a bad combination. Uh, but listen, Doc, your take on it is uh, fantastic. Uh, we appreciate it. It really is, Doc. And, uh, you know, we're, we're proud of you. We love you. Uh, you are still a, uh, a beloved, revered uh, player and, and person here in New York City. All that great success with the Mets and the Yankees. You've been very good to me and very good to Bernie, too, the Bernie and Sid show. So keep up, uh, keep your head up and keep it up, Doc. We, we love talking to you, Dwight, and God bless you. We love you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. And you guys keep doing a good job. And it's always good talking to you guys as well. Thank you, Dwight. All the best. Thank you. The great uh, Dwight Gooden, one of the greatest baseball players to ever lace up the cleats here in New York. And I'm proud to say a very, very close personal friend. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere in the 77 WABC app on this uh, last hour of the week for us, Sydney, as uh, we head into Memorial Day weekend. Yes. I am uh, very excited. Uh, I know everybody, uh, well, I don't know if everybody is, but the beaches are opening with the exception of New York City. You can go there. But my boardwalk opened up. It was open last night. It was open yesterday. I saw it on TV. I didn't go out there because, well, I slept all day. So I can get ready to come in here. But it was open. It was sunny, and I, I saw it on Channel 7, and I'm very excited. I'm going to hit that boardwalk today oh, son when, I, of a bitch. when I get back to Long Beach. And today's going to be a nice day. It's going to rain tonight, maybe a little bit tomorrow, but Sunday and Monday will be beautiful, and uh, I'm very excited about you it. You are very excited? I am. I'm very excited. Well, you're excited. I to believe it. 
Not enthusiastic about the beach. And then uh, we're kind of tired, you and I. I mean, the fact is we need some time off. I'm I mean, a little, uh, little on beat the up. worn outside. Well, I, I got to tell you. Well, uh, you know, you say worn out and above and beyond the fact, and I say this all the time to people. They say, what time you get up in the morning? I say, well, about 4 o'clock. You ever get used to that? No, no one gets used to that. Howard didn't. Don didn't. Never. We don't. You never. never. I've, been never. Do, I've been doing it since the, uh, the since nineteen eighty. Three, I've, right. been, I've been doing it. Right. Now, me a little less. I did host uh, shows in Miami for 11 years doing mornings, too. But, and it's a little better there because it's warmer. It's, it's more difficult to walk outside to the train when it's 30 degrees and throw on your shorts and get in your air-conditioned car at 4 o'clock in the morning. But regardless, you don't get used to Never. it. Never. So it wears you out. And then when you consider the topic, I mean, for a good now two-plus months, you and I have been coming to work every day, and we've been the ones who have you know, try to be optimistic. We're the ones telling you don't believe all the this hysteria and, and the nastiness. We're the ones telling you to go out there, raise hell, go back to business. We're the most optimistic radio show in the country. I'm telling you, Bernie, I'm going to be on in Florida, in fact, twice today. I do about 10 shows across the country every week. I'm not exaggerating. And they're like, man, we love you and Bernie. You guys, you say everything we want to say, but we just can't say it. But we are surrounded by how many deaths, how many people are out of business. Yeah. I mean, and, it, and we, it, we, it starts to wear we, on you with the hours. It becomes very difficult. And we happen to be broadcasting live from the studio, which nobody's doing. Taking the train every day, I am, which nobody's doing. And we're, we're here at ground zero. Yeah. Ground zero for this uh, pandemic in the United States, uh, New York City, in particular, Penn Station. Right. So we're not asking for a, a, a purple heart. We're not telling John Katsimatidis to pay us oh, more no, money. No, 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 none no. of that. No, and we're not. Uh, look, we're very lucky to be working. Very and lucky, stuff. and very, and we but, love it here. But the truth is the truth. I mean, we're getting between the topic the last two months and our hours and where we are. I feel tired right time, now. Yeah, I need some time. Jeez, <laughs> just lay on the beach and think about nothing. Think about nothing. But what are you going to eat exactly. for dinner later? And and all that type of stuff. And uh, right? yes, and drink. I got to right. tell you, in right. my case, anyway. And look, and, and one of the f- more frustrating things is that uh, a lot of people, you know, some some of these studies are coming out. J.P. Morgan, I told you about that yesterday. That's a big deal. Didn't get any play on the news, by the way. Uh, a lot of people saying that, that this may have, the whole lockdown may have been a big mistake. A, whole, a, a colossal, a bigger blunder than the Iraq war. I mean, it might have been unnecessary. You look at p- places like Sweden. You look at uh, other countries that have opened up. Uh, in Europe, opened up five weeks ago, and they're doing just fine. Numbers are going down. Numbers are going down. Look at the states like uh, Florida, Georgia, Texas, uh, South Dakota, where it was going to be, you know, the apocalypse was going to occur because they were reopening, according to the fake news media. The numbers have gone down, folks. Gone down. They're doing fine. They're doing, in fact, they should have opened earlier. And it looks like Maybe that should have been the case here. I'm, I'm sure it is the case. I know it's damn well damn past time to open up now. I mean, what are we waiting for? You heard the governor yesterday. It's, it's, everything is, yeah, we've, we cleared that hurdle. What, what, what were the words he used? We, uh, we, we're over the mountain. Over the, mountain. Over the, the worst mountain. is behind us. Yes. Unless there's a second wave, then we're all dead. I mean, come on. Yeah, look, if you're going to live your life worrying about what might happen in uh, the future, right? I mean, you'll never do anything. Never. I mean, there's risk. You look. You, oh, especially in this city. There's but, a million things that can. You, you could be walking down the street. Of course. You, uh, and a block can fall from a building on 57th Street, which we see all the time. Forget about getting hit by a bus you, or overdosing. There's a million ways to die in New York City. And, a right. million. And, and, and as Rich Lowry writes, the conversation now is centered on uh, about 
what's going to happen. Worries, it's framed by worries that we will reopen too soon, not that we might reopen too late. Right. That is the concern. Yeah. We're, this, 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 we're going to be dead and stinking permanently in the meantime, here I, in I, New York. I got liberals on my Twitter page, at Sid Rosenberg, uh, telling me today, shut up already. They're like, you know, just think about if we would have closed this down even earlier than March, think how many lives we could have saved. Forgetting about reopening, we should have closed this down no. even before we Listen, did. They, that's what they're saying. Let me just tell they're you. crazy. Sweden did not close down. That, that's one example. And they've suffered fewer deaths and uh, et cetera than not necessarily their Nordic neighbors. They, they were a little higher than their Nordic neighbors, but way less deaths than Europe, than, excuse me, Belgium, France, the UK, Spain, Italy, all those countries. And they're close to what's called, and again, at the risk of repetition, herd immunity. But they, they're also, and again, I'm, I'm not making excuses. I, I want everybody to reopen and, and move on with this. Not nearly as dense Sweden as other, those other spots you just talked about. Well, no, you have Stockholm, Sweden is a, is a, yeah, is a big a city. Big time city, yeah. It's a look, and, and they will not suffer, uh, uh, you know, the, the lockdown collateral damage. Right. That we're going to, that we are already suffering. It's bad. We are suffering. This is worse than the seventies and the eighties. Much worse. And uh, it and could, it, it, it could it, be, it could be Detroit. It could be a permanent, depressed area. I mean, these businesses, a lot of them are not coming back. No, it's true. I, and, I tell you this all the time. I walk up and down. I know you run here on Seventh Avenue. Sometimes you run up to the museum on Fifth Avenue. I ran up to Ninety Second Street the other well, day. Well, that's and back. that's where you got to go because you're not going to see it Midtown Manhattan. Uh, Fifth Avenue, those shops are going to reopen. There's too much money behind them. But when you get up by me in the hundreds on Broadway, sure. in the 90s on of Broadway, course, course. every other store now, Bernie, uh, it went from where they, there were chains when they started in March to now there's no longer a sign. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Yeah. I told right. you about the guy on my block, the AT&T store, this guy Pete, happens to be Muslim, by the way, sweet guy, and his name is Pete, but he was on that block for 17 years. Yeah. And it's gone? Same thing in, in, in the outer boroughs. Same thing. Queens, Brooklyn, Staten Island, the Bronx. All these businesses, they're all shut down, and they can't continue. Every, every hour that passes and you don't reopen, it, another business closes. I mean, I don't know what the rate is per hour, but it, it, it's, it's too many. One is too many. Yeah. It is time. Cuomo, yeah, we, 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 we passed that. Uh, we, we've overcome the hurdles. For God's sakes, we passed the peak a long time ago. Dennis is in Breezy Point. Good morning, ah, Dennis. Breezy. Dennis. Sid and Bernie, great show. How you doing, Denny? I'm doing great. Um, you might going to pick up some background noise here. I'm on my paddleboard, and a pack of seagulls decided to uh, oh, so settle around me while I talk, while talk to you guys. Well, we can actually hear them. It sounds great. Yeah, thanks. It sounds really uh, thanks for bringing us that nice ambient noise, Dennis. Oh, I'm, I'm glad. I was worried about that. Um, but I just want to call and uh, confess a transgression. I, it's so serious. I, I wrestled with my grandson, and we did wrestling for half an hour with no mask and gloves. What am I going to do now? Who do I surrender to? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got a local police, I guess. Uh, who's, who's the police chief there in uh, Breezy? Joe? Is that his name, Joe? Yeah. Yeah, go to Joe. Well, Turn yourself in. Swim out and get me. Putting cops in, uh, you know, to, to be serious, putting these poor cops in, a, in, a, in, a, in an impossible position, stupid. awkward position. They don't want to be in that position anyway. But, uh, but, uh, uh, Joe you, said he'll meet you at Kennedy's, Dennis, in an hour, so be ready. 
I'll be there. Dennis with the seagulls sounded like Joe Biden with the, uh, the geese the other day. That's what I thought he was doing. I thought he was actually playing that with Joe Biden. Hey, Dennis, I'll see you on uh, Sunday. I know I'm giving away God's best secret. They get, some of the residents in Breezy get angry with me. They're like, don't talk about us on the air. I, listen, I used to say that about uh, the Long, Long Beach, Beach But yeah. you're already, it's too late. Long Beach is already... Oh, I know. But Breezy still feels like they got a little bit of a, uh, you know. A little bit of exclusivity. Nobody knows. And then this jerk Sid goes on the radio in the morning with a million listeners and goes, see him Breezy on Sunday. See you, Kennedy's. Dummy up (laughs) there, you, huh? Steve in Staten Island. Let's go to him before we uh, hit the break. Good morning, Steve. And the good news is that we're going to be in phase one on June 13th. So by the time we get to phase four, we'll have a lunar eclipse. (laughs) Bernie, I want to thank you for hiring Janice Dean. She's a great lady. I hope she spearheads a class action suit against that degenerate Sky Cuomo who said that it was a European virus. You got to ask yourself, why did Sandra Lee leave him? I think I know the answer. <laughs> he yeah, wants to yeah. run for, they want to push him as president. President, I hope he's on the ticket. I'm Italian and I'm the first one to say it. And fly all the country. They don't like them. They're greasy. Italian. Trump will win. 45 states, and he can put the broad with the afro that looks uh, Stacey Abrams like Michael Strahan with those lips oh, that's facing her seat. Come on, you can't say that. Well, listen, Thank Steve, you, Steve. Uh, uh, let me just say about the Janice Dean. Yes, yeah. she called out Cuomo. She lost her two in-laws. Yeah. Uh, who had just gone into nursing homes six months ago, lost two interns, and she wasn't happy about Andrew Cuomo yucking it up with Fredo on CNN, right. joking around with his, both of them with their nice tans and uh, Good you know, coach, all, all nice pumped suits. up and getting nice yeah. salaries. And all these, uh, you have thousands of dead, dead elderly people at, at, Cuomo, at Cuomo's hands and he's, you know, doing a comedy routine with Fredo on CNN. Uh, she wasn't happy about she's it. She's right. Like you said, she lost both of her in-laws, both parents. That's terrible. Hey, uh, when we get back, you know, we talked about how the UFC has had some big bites. They fight a couple times a week. Obviously, NASCAR last week, they had a big win for Kevin Harvick. Uh, Rory McIlroy on the links last Sunday. There is a huge, and I mean this, huge sporting event coming up on Sunday. I meant to get to it earlier. I didn't get to it yet. But I'm telling you that you're going to love it, Bernie. You're going to love it, Matt. I think the country's going to love it. It's going to get big, big ratings. I think huge ratings, if you ask me. You have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? Not a clue. Good. When I get back, I'll tell you. But under no respect. Yes. From the great movie, Caddy. Caddy Loggins. Went to break last time. I talked about this big sporting event coming up that I think most people will be very excited to watch. Coming up this Sunday night, this Sunday night, a couple of um, pairs of golfers are going to go head-to-head. We've seen this once before. We'll see it for a second time. The great Tiger Woods on Sunday night taking on Phil Mickelson, which is, if you're a golf man, and I am a very big golf man, I don't play the game often. In fact, I hate playing the game, to be honest. But I love the sport. I covered the sport for many years, and I do like the personalities. So Tiger versus Phil is very exciting for me. But I maintain that the second pairing on TV Sunday night as part of the same show will get maybe even more attention, and that is the former great quarterback Peyton Manning taking on the guy that most people think is the best quarterback in the history of the game, current Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterback Tom Brady. Manning versus Brady, Woods versus Mickelson coming up on Sunday night. By the way, Brady is taking a huge beating these days. 
because he's 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 pumping up. You know that the duty he he was he hooked up with Guerrero, who who the uh, trainer, the trainer guy, yeah, like like A Rod's cousin basically. Right. He and he's got all these products and he's been yeah. censured by the federal government and all that stuff. Well, Tom Brady actually posted on Instagram during uh, and he, he was implying that this product from Guerrero that. It, it could pre- prevent you, perhaps, from getting the coronavirus. Oh, really? Tom Brady. And he's getting slaughtered for it. Well, it's maybe like, he how, can. What's well, that? Who knows? Maybe he's right. He, maybe he is, but maybe he isn't. I mean, you heard uh, it came out last night that marijuana, now weed all of a sudden, is, uh, is, is they, they well, say could actually I guess, I guess, uh, help you. What they're saying is the, the guy's history is very, very shady. Tom. And and how no 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 the Guerrero oh Guerrero and how much money does Tom, Tom Brady need right right that he right. would that he would hawk a product and the, I read all, everything about it online they say no everybody says the product doesn't help at all in, in preventing the coronavirus oh, that's bad everybody man. says that's bad all right well, I'm still gonna just watch FYI it. I'm still gonna watch it what, what, what channel is it on by the way it's on TNT I believe we will double check that it's either TNT or TBS it's one of those uh, former Ted Turner deals. Uh, but we'll get the exact one. It is Sunday night, Mickelson versus Tiger. So it's free TV, okay. Yeah, it's free TV. It's, it's, not, it's not pay-per-view. Uh, listen, uh, Heshi Organbaum, our dear friend, he's got uh, a lot of sons. Josh is one of my best friends, Josh Organbaum. But uh, his son, Nick, you know, is a dentist. And uh, I've got a buddy named Richard Staller down in Boca Raton who was my dentist for many, many years. And he sent me a text the other day. He was furious. He said, Sid, 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 I spent 30 years, 30 years going to undergraduate school and dental school, building a practice in Boca Raton and Delray Beach for these guys to tell me I can't go back to work. I can go to a liquor store on Glades Road, but I can't help people with their teeth. Are you been kidding me? Yeah, exactly. It's just that one, Unbelievable. one out of millions of stories. Yeah, that's but what dentists specifically, they're really screwing the dentist. And uh, Nick Organbaum happens to be a dentist, and he's calling it to say hello. Nick, uh, how are you, pal? Good, Chavez. Hey, how you doing? I just wanted to say thank you for having me on, and also that you guys are literally a shining light on uh, New York City and well, New York State, you. and we really appreciate it. Thank you. No, I know you. Thank you very much. And your father's thank a great you, guy. Man. Your brothers, everybody, your sister. Uh, but going back to uh, your your uh, your profession, it really does seem like the of all the doctors and the medical people that you guys, the dentists, are really having the most difficult time. Yes, you're 100 percent correct. Let me tell you something. Since March 22nd. We were shut down, and we were told that you only can see urgent and emergency care. As of May 18th, 40 states uh, have dental offices open, and two have no mandates whatsoever on what you can go ahead and do, except where we are currently in New York State. And they're really, it's really a two-pronged problem. First of all, it's a health care problem. Cuomo went ahead and said, and I quote, if you have a toothache, then you should go to the dentist. Unfortunately, that's not the way health works, and that's not the way dentistry works. We all know that you can have issues, major issues, manifesting even without any pain whatsoever. So to tell somebody that you should only go to the dentist if you have pain when we could have caught something when it was smaller, and I see that right now with my emergency care that I'm seeing. People have to lose their teeth and or need root canals and crowns, which is more invasive and more costly to the patient rather than seeing them earlier when we could have caught it earlier and it would have been less invasive and it would have been more affordable to the patient. So we're sort of uh, getting handcuffed by the uh, governor's office and uh, we're not able to go ahead and open and help uh, people with their, with their health care needs. Um, additionally, um, the, Cuomo went ahead and said 14%, there was a 19% infection rate 
amongst the general population, and with nurses and doctors, there's only a 12% infection rate, and he applauded them because they have PPE, uh, protective uh, personal equipment. We've been practicing with PPE forever and ever, and now we're even putting on more PPE, and we're instituting mechanical, chemical, infection control type of things in, in the office itself to go ahead and make it even safer. And to go ahead and still be handcuffed with all those precautions in place is really putting um, a strain on, number one, people's health, and number two, on the small business aspect of it as well. Absolutely. Well said, Nick. Very well said. Representative of not just dentistry, but uh, other medical uh, professions as well. I mean, and and conditions, you know, skin, uh, skin cancer breast cancer, all kinds of things that people are delaying, not going for, uh, even chemotherapy, uh, stuff they may feel a symptom and it, it might lead to a stroke, but they won't go to the hospital or they can't go to the hospital because they're afraid of the coronavirus when they should have been able to go. And yet and they, they probably suffered the stroke when it was unnecessary or something like that. I mean, to, just, to, just to give you an example. So, Nick, what you're saying is uh, very true, sad, and it has to end. 100%. I mean, it's safer to come to the dental office. I'm just talking about the dental office because that's my profession, but it's safer to come to the dental office than it is to go to Home Depot, Costco, and Walmart. Um, and unfortunately, we're shut down. And I, I applaud the coalition for the small businesses and people opening up. The problem that we have as dentists is, is that we're regulated. We can't oh, they'll, they'll take your licenses up. away. They'll take that's your license correct. away. Right. They'll right. take our license right. away. So right. we're stuck. We're somewhere in the middle. We're not included in any phases. We're not represented. Yes. Um, and it's a, it's really it's a real real shame. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, when this thing opens, I'm going to get my teeth cleaned and uh, whitened by you. How about that, Nick? <laughs> that sounds good. I need to We're whiten my teeth. All right. Well, listen. God bless you, and yeah. uh, we love your father, and, your whole family, and, and, and good luck to you. Th- thank you for speaking up. Yes. What you said was very important and very well said. Once again, thank you, Nick. I appreciate the time, guys. Keep doing what you do. Call us when you open up, okay? All right, you got it. Good job, Nick. Thank you, pal. All right. uh, take care. The great Nick Organbaum. <laughs> Oh. You know I love this song, right? Did I give this one to you? Oh, yeah. It's Kelly Marie. Feels like I'm in love, Bernard. This goes out to you for me. Yeah, Disco back. Friday, Disco Friday. A lot of memories. I don't have any. <laughs> you know, uh... This uh, festive song aside, there is a story out there that we talked about earlier that the nursing home scandal has been uh, the biggest scandal of this whole pandemic, perhaps, uh, among many. But the, the nursing home scandal, with the all, 20% of the deaths have been people in nursing homes. Anyway, there is this uh, video that, that has surfaced on uh, Twitter, and it's now gone viral, although the uh, news media apparently is ignoring it for some reason but of a nursing home patient getting pummeled by a 20-year-old. And it's not clear, the differing accounts, uh, the 20-year-old is either a patient in the nursing home, some some accounts say, some say he works at the nursing home, but it is awful. It is terrible. You're going to hear about it. You're going to see about it. Uh, We're going to post it at the Bernie and Sid Twitter and Facebook page. It's very disturbing, but... What, what is but, clear, by the way, he may not, it's not clear whether he works there or lives there. What is clear is that he's black and the patient's old and white. Well, well now those things are clear, but, but yeah. the, here's the situation. In the nursing homes, people can't visit their loved ones in the nursing homes. So things are happening in the nursing homes 
that are, that could be very scary. And th- if this is, is representative of what's happening in the nursing homes, oh it is a bad thing yeah. where your pa- poor parents are, are stuck and they can't receive visitors. This guy gets pummeled. So I just wanted to mention that we're aware of it. We see it. Look it up and don't let it slide. This happened in Michigan. They did arrest the guy. And now we're going to move on to this uh, very uh, important story as well. Uh, this is regarding the pandemic and, uh, you know, people suffering uh, with mental illness right now. Listen, WABC Cares has partnered with the National Association for Mental Illness. Now, that's uh, the National Association for Mental Illness. The acronym is NAMI. NAMI is, again, it's in New York City. So they go by the title NAMI NYC, NAMI NYC. And uh, our next guest is Cornelia Keeley. And I hope I'm pronouncing that uh, properly. She went from a NAMI NYC program participant to board member. Now she serves as the board co-president. Her, uh, her son, one of her sons, her older son's story, he has a severe anxiety, OCD, personality disorder. He's now in his 20s. But uh, in any case, he's had these problems for a long time. Let me bring her in right now. Cornelia Kelly. Good morning to you, Cornelia. Good morning. How are you guys? Uh, we're, we're, doing, we're doing fine. Thank, thank you, you Cornelia. So, uh, and thank you for appearing on the Bernie and Sid show. Uh, so, NAMI NYC, uh, you went from, again, program participant to a board co-president. Tell us about that journey and what they did for your son. Yeah, it, it was a journey, and, and it was a journey for, for him, and it was a journey for our family. I mean, anyone who is caretaking an individual with, with mental illness understands that the mental illness affects the individual, but it affects the family more broadly. And that is what is so unique about NAMI. They address not only the needs of the individual, but of the caretaker as well, whether that be the parents or the partner or, or the spouse or, or a, a child. It is an amazing approach to, to mental health and support for mental health. Wow. Hey, listen, the, uh, the NAMI, the helpline is stamped weekdays, Monday through Friday, 10 to 6. The number is 212-684-3264, 212-684-3264. They'll be there in about 15 minutes. Cornelia, tell me this, because um, I want to get to my son at some point, too, but your son, now in his 20s, God bless him, started to exhibit some of these uh, issues, if you will, in his uh, preschool days, severe anxiety, OCD, and personality disorder. Can you pinpoint for me, Cornelia, exactly the time when he did something where you said this doesn't seem about right and you decided to look further yeah i mean that is a great question because it was so in many ways it was so dramatic i mean his behaviors were so extreme but you know preschoolers are like that i mean they're 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 but his never changed and in fact if anything they became more extreme and and for a long time his dad and i just thought we could love him back to health and then we began to really get our arms around it and, and face what we what he because we would look into his eyes and see this profound sadness in his eyes because he was so isolated from his peer group. And then the diagnoses came and they were even more terrifying than than the unknown and bewildering for us. So it has been a journey of very much in isolation for us and our family as we kind of came to terms with with the with the, the pervasiveness of his illness. Uh, Quinn, I'm sorry, go, go ahead. ahead no, 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 please. Look, I just was going to re- restate your name. Cornelia Keeley, you're the board co-president of NAMI NYC. 
And I was going to ask you, uh, Cornelia, about NAMI NYC's Family to Family and Family Match program, what it is, what other parents can expect, and how it has helped you. Oh, absolutely. And that is how we, uh, we as a family, came into to NAMI. You know, we were, we were approaching a real inflection point for the family and for Corey because he was about to turn 18, and we knew that we had to understand how, what was his life going to be like as an adult? What kind of support mechanisms would he need? And I was, I had no information. And part of isolation for caretakers is not only the lack of information, but it's the shame associated with the illness. And so I, I did my research and NAMI was the only organization that addressed not only his needs and gave me information about that, but also gave me information about how I could be a better caretaker. And so I joined Family to Family, which is an extraordinary example of the way we approach, NAMI approaches programming, which is this lived experience. And what that means is that all of our programs are delivered by individuals who have walked that path. So when I walked into that room that night for the first class, there were individuals who were just like me. They were caretaking a loved one with mental illness. And the instructors were also individuals who had walked that path. And it was an amazing place. Not only did they give me the information I needed about disorders, about treatments, about how to manage through hospitalizations and the psychiatric community, but there was not a, an emotion that I uttered. There was not a question that I asked that didn't land on someone in that room. It was a place where I could say, my son is mentally ill and not feel like I betrayed him. It was a place where I could say, you know, he frightens me sometimes and not feel like a bad mother. It was a place where I could say, I was afraid that I was a bad mother. And that's why he was the way he was. Wow. And all of that landed on them. And, and that I could see it in their faces. You know, I have to say this, Cornelia, Kylie. Uh, my son has a physical issue. It's called dyspraxia. It's very similar to uh, autism, but it's not necessarily the same. But as he gets older, some of his physical limitations do lead to some mental issues. You know, he starts to feel down. He starts to feel depressed. I'm not as good as. I'm not as worthy as. So now all of a sudden that physical problem does become sort of a uh, of, of an emotional problem, a mental problem. But to hear you and what you did for your son, I got one more let you go. A lot of times the kids get upset and uh, they actually get angry, even though you've bent over backwards, you and your husband, to help them. Kid doesn't really realize that, and they get upset. They're almost embarrassed, almost mad at mommy and daddy for putting him through all this. Now that he's in his 20s, would you say that he's thankful? You know, Sid, there, and this is, this is what, what part of the, the family match and the family-to-family -family program helps caretakers like us. It helps us understand that those moments of gratitude may not come because these individuals, you're absolutely right. It is a profound sadness for them when they realize and come to terms with the limitations that their illnesses or their physical struggles will have on their life. And, and what we can do best is just love them where they are. You know, Cornelia, your story is uh, incredible. You articulated it beautifully. You are the board co-president of NAMI NYC. That's the National Association for Mental Illness, NAMI NYC. 
And uh, look, you can text NAMI NYC to 56512 to donate right now. And their number, the helpline, which will be open at 10 o'clock, is 212-684-3264. Cornelia, we are out of time, but we thank you for sharing that uh, wonderful, that that heartfelt story with us. And uh, continued success. Thank you so much, and thank you for doing this each Friday. It's so important for everyone to know that NAMI is there to, to help them. And so thanks so much to both of you. No, I don't thank us. Thank you, Cornelia, and continued success uh, with your beautiful son and your whole family. Go enjoy the weekend, okay, sweetheart? Thanks. Bye-bye. Take care. Back here in the Bernie and Sid Jordan, everyone is 77 WABC app. Yes, uh, Sid mentioned it. We're off on Monday. Russ Salzberg will be here. Monday morning. Taste of honey, that's right. Your boy, Russ. My boy, Rusty. And uh, his podcast is out there, of course. Uh, Get a load of this. He, uh, the, last, the most recent one is about The Last Dance is the Best Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary on ESPN. Look, uh, there's this guy. Uh, he wrote an article in the New York Post this morning. His name is Michael Benjamin, and it's entitled The Big Apple Rots, 40 Years of Progress Undone. And, uh, you know, among other things, he just sees, for example, the subways, which you ride, uh, Sid. He, he talks about the homeless there, this guy, uh, and the absence of a regular police presence. And that it's just, it's, it's just accepted that these people are going to run rampant on the subways. And, uh, you know, the law and order aspect of the city seems to be gone. It just seems to be uh, completely absent. While, while Bill de Blasio is on TV right now with his expensive suit, uh, opining about God knows what <laughs> with some guy with some uh, you know guy for the deaf and dumb the translator I yeah. mean and, and and just saying nothing he says New York City beaches remain closed for swimming open for walking and sitting thirty percent increase in NYPD beach detail twenty three hundred social distancing ambassadors or snitches by the way education and distributing face coverings in two hundred and thirty parks which is a waste of manpower I mean what a jerk fifty seated vehicles making amplified announcements really that is that is martial law that what they're making announcements or handing out gloves or making sure you don't go into the water what is going on it's here a, and meanwhile again. To, to this guy's point, and the, and the city in general, and probably the outer boroughs, I'm not there, but you have a vagrants, you have homeless, you have drug-addicted uh, lunatics out there, and uh, released inmates. They're out there <laughs> wandering the streets, doing God knows what to who. Right. And, of course, uh, all the businesses that are dying, which we mentioned uh, ad nauseum uh, for, for the last few weeks, but uh, most recently, because it, it, it's past the point of reopening. It's past it. It's way past it, as a matter of fact. Cuomo said yesterday we're over the mountain. Yeah, we're over the mountain. Why aren't we reopened by now? Uh, Rich Lowry writes, almost all of the discussion about reopening is framed by worries that we will will reopen too soon, not that we might reopen too late. And that's what's happening. We're reopening too late, folks. Reopening way too late. And so this guy, Michael Benjamin, writes this column. And uh, good for him. Yeah, I hate to go out on a negative note, but uh, somebody has to sound the alarm. This guy, he, this guy's sitting up there oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. with these, uh, you know, uh, these totalitarian rules for the beach. Who watches him, though? Nobody. But Nobody, but he's right? but but he he and the other Il Duce. These are the guys in charge. They have well, no no sense of urgency. Everybody seems to know that this city is is on life support, and if they don't resuscitate it immediately, it's going to die permanently. Nobody, we all know it, but yep. they don't seem to realize well, it. They t- don't care. They're yucking it up on, on CNN with, the, with his brother Fredo, uh, is Andrew. 
uh, the governor, and uh, every, everything is falling apart. That'll teach you next time not to vote for them. You can't complain now. You voted for both of them. <laughs> you voted for those guys. Well, not you, of course, but you, New York City, whoever you morons are. Anyway, we're done. We, uh, we hope you enjoyed the Friday edition. That was a lot of fun for Bernie and I. Certainly, uh, you folks have been just tremendous throughout all of this. You really have. You've made this show even better, if that's possible. We want to wish all of you out there a really safe and fun Memorial Day weekend. Go have fun. Don't listen to, like and, Bernie and, said, and, and have fun. Remember our military who died to, to keep our liberties open that these guys are squashing. That's a good point, Bernie. When you're having your hot dog and hamburger Monday at your Memorial Day barbecue, you're doing it for those folks. Great point. So enjoy it, everybody. We do love all of you. We'll be back again, God willing, on Tuesday morning. So from all of us here on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show, to all of you, happy Memorial Day weekend. Until Tuesday, peace! Bernie and Sid in the Morning, streaming live on the 77 WABC app. Weekday morning, 6 to 10. Talk Radio 77 WABC.